It's all good by me. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what have you been reading this week? Um, I have it sitting right here. Same thing we talked about last week. Ding dong. No, still reading I, it this week? <laughs> still, still into that, huh? <laughs> can't get past that first page. It's so good. <laughs> nope. Uh, Harbinger Omega Rising, dude. I have got two issues left in this collected volume. Omega Rising, that's the uh, that's the first. That's volume, actually the first. That's volume one, man. Volume one. Yeah, okay. That's the one I read. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, dude. It is. Uh, you know, I just feel like we're like consistently like. Let's kiss Valiant on the on the lips some more this week. Um, I know we've been we've been doing that for the past three weeks. I think they, just nothing but Valiant. They deserve comics, it, man. They deserve it. And it's this really bo- good. It is. This book has been uh, an absolute treat, Ryan. An absolute treat to read. Sweet treats. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's really good. Really been enjoying it, and uh, you know it has a which. No coincidence, based on today's topic, it has a lot of parallels to X-Men. It really does. Oh, yeah, for sure. And so uh, I I like what you said last week, though, when you said, you know, on the surface level, it's easy to look at this and go, oh, brother, you know, Valiant, you Mm -hmm. know, cheap attempt at X-Men. If you were, yeah, yeah. If, if you were to, you know, again, if you're looking at it at a surface level, you could say that, but um, sure. it, it, it really is much deeper than that. And really, really enjoying the book. Uh, I think, you know, what Valiant is not afraid to do, uh, very similar uh, in many re- respects to image. It's, it's hard to talk about one without talking about the other for some reason. Yeah. Is that, uh, you know, their, their books are mature rated books. I mean, you know, if you flip it around on the back, you know, they're they're you know, it says mature down in little tiny letters down at the bottom on the back of the <laughs> yeah. collected volumes. And, you know, mature not in the fact that like every panel is just, you know, uh, a Tarantino script of of, you know, racial epitaphs and cursing. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. they're not. In fact, in, no, in fact a lot really. of the uh the curse the cursing inside the comic books are still kind of bleeped out. They're just character symbols and stuff like that. A lot mm-hmm. of them are that mm-hmm. I noticed. It, even in Bloodshot. And I was reading Bloodshot Volume Two this week. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so just, you know, I mean the, it's really the content more along the lines of uh, you know, we don't want to spoil anything because if you're not reading Harbinger, uh, you should be. Is uh you know, um the the main character, you know, forces someone to love him, to fall in love. He he tells her you love me and yeah. because of his incredible mental powers. And so it, it, you know, covers these, you know, you know, just, uh, unpleasant storylines. And then of course he feels very, very guilty and very tortured over doing that. Uh, cause he was, a, yeah. and, and that's a candy coat, you know, where he's at, but the, the main character, Peter Stanchek was at a, like a very low point in his life and made a horrible, horrible decision. Uh, to, you know, force this girl to love him. Yeah. Uh, And and not just, you know, for sex. It wasn't just it. Again, we're not we're not candy coating. It's still rape. But I mean, it wasn't just, you know, for sex It's like because he wanted to be accepted and loved and for who who he is. Right. And uh, so, you know, it's themes like that, that when you read throughout the book, um, you know, probably take it a little bit farther than obviously what X-Men was doing yeah. back in the day. Theme, if, they definitely theme their, their stuff in a darker arena. And uh, I mean, but to be honest, I mean, every, you know, when you look at characters in a different light, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why um, 
you know, Breaking Bad was so good is to watch Walter White descend into um descend into this this character who he was trying to avoid the entire time, which was a very bad guy. Um reasons why we like to watch Walking Dead, watch Rick Grimes descend into this madness um of a character. And I and I think, you know, there's a it's not like it's not charming um for that, but it's good storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's watching not that we like to, I, you know, maybe it's that thing. We like to see heroes fall. You know, it's, that's the, uh, is to, because it makes them human. It makes them on the ground level with us, but at the same time to watch them redeem them, try to redeem themselves. And I think Harbinger is a really good start for that because you see a guy who, um, you know, obviously is the, is the, is the main character of the story go into the depths um, but then f- try to find redemption from that. And I think yeah, that's, yeah. that's cool too. So we will start to see more redemption for him. Um, I think moving along and this is cool. I know we're a little bit, I mean, we're a little behind, I guess on this, when this was released, this was released a couple of years ago, yeah, about three think, years. Yeah. About 20, yeah. 2012 or <laughs> 2013 or so. Um, though, though I did, it, I, yeah. I, I did read some, some Harbinger like way back in the nineties. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This particular run. Very, is, is very, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very different Harbinger. Ago. Uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, yeah, it's cool. It's funny that you mentioned the walking dead. Uh, Negan was two for two at the plate on Sunday oh, night. Oh man. Yeah. yeah two, he did not miss yeah. a swing. Did he? Yeah. Two home runs. Uh, for oh, Negan. My goodness. <laughs> we haven't talked about this. You and I have not even talked about this. No, no. I didn't um, text you Sunday. I didn't really want to text anybody I, Sunday. I yeah. just was like, was wrapped in. And then I, I had to watch the talking dead afterwards just to <laughs> like somehow salve everything right? that happened. You know, it's, so, uh, you know, it, it's funny. Um, yeah. It, it's been interesting to watch the fallout uh, from that episode. It's um, yeah. again, we're not going to delve into a Walking Dead podcast, but it was. It's that's worth mentioning, man. Like, well, it, that it's, was a heck yeah, of a premiere. It, it's a it's <laughs> it, it's a pivotal moment in the book, and it's it it it, it will be a pivotal moment in the show. And it's been yeah. interesting to uh, read the fallout uh, from from this episode. In that number one. Um, could I just remind everybody, this is a horror show. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, we were reminded of that significantly. If you haven't watched the walking dead, press pause. Uh, Abraham does not die in the books the way he did Sunday night. Uh, he did not take a bat. To oh the yeah. Yeah. In the it books. was Denise's death in season six. Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, when yeah, she a, got the arrow through the face, that was actually Abraham in the, that's in actually the Abraham in the books. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Glenn goes down exactly the way, uh, he did in the books yep. with the, with the head caved in the eyeball popping out the, the, Luke, the, 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 all the, all the dialogue. Look, yeah, uh, it is from it Negan is panel for panel. It's um, awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, it, like for, for those of us who read the book, uh, you know, I don't want to say that there was this jaded and we were just like gleefy, like, oh, you all thought Glenn was going to make it. Uh, I, I was not surprised at all. What, what I was more interested in was, you know, how, how they were going to do it. And yeah. And the build up to it, uh, was, was spot on, you know, people have complained about like, Oh, great. Oh, Negan is such a bully. It's like, welcome to the bad guy. This guy, this is the bad guy. This is the bad guy. The governor, <laughs> uh, you know, we touched on this, uh, in a couple, well, last week, I think it was, um, you know, the governor, uh, as portrayed in the show was, you know, uh, despicable. 
Yeah, don't know very if he, despicable. Don't, don't know if he was quite deplorable, but he was definitely despicable. Okay. For sure. All right. Good word usage, by the right? way. Right? Yeah, no, thank you. For thank a Friday you. morning. Doing you well. Know? Yeah. Let me have another sip of my Pike's Place coffee. <laughs> Out of my Snoopy trick-or-treat mug. Happy Halloween, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy Halloween, by the way. Absolutely. So, um, in the comics, uh, the governor is deplorable. He is awful. What yeah, he does, sure. what he does to Michonne and others in the group. Mm-hmm. By the time we get to Negan, the point of Negan was you fools ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to keep things PG rated, of course, but Negan does refer to the group as he's, you know, uh, pounding uh, Glenn's head into hamburger meat. Um, he said, you all are a bunch of uh, word, a word that ends in P and ends in S. Fill in the letters there. And that, that's taken right from the comics as well, too, in that the point of, of this show and where we're at, it, this is a hard reset. This show is going to be looked at. And I think yeah. I watched I watched a little bit of Talking Dead. Um, I burnt out on that mess. I just, oh, my gosh. Uh, but um, I, I forget which which person it, it was on the Talking Dead. Hit it right on that right on the nail that this is a reset. The, the Walking Dead book wise is I think it was Michonne's character. Uh, yeah. Or Michonne's it, actor. Actress. Yeah. I can't remember her name right now. That uh, in in the comics, it is definitely two sides of the fence uh, because it it was issue number 100 where The Walking Dead is separated now in the books pre Negan post Negan. And this that's that's where the show is uh, right now. Yeah. I had I had no problem with that season premiere. It was not easy to watch. Uh, you know, I, I learned to like Abraham's character on the show quite a bit. I don't know if you caught the peace sign that he flashes. Yep. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, th- that was very touching. Yeah. I I liked his, uh, you know, right in the st- feels. Yeah. And his, his standoff with Negan, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Abraham's had some of the best lines of the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. When referring to foul language. And I, I love just, uh, you know, his final words to Negan. And he, he yeah. went down, he went down like a soldier. He was a soldier before all this happened and was a soldier who struggled to find his place in this new world where he had to both be a soldier, a protector, uh, eventually a lover, uh, and, and a, a friend. Right. And so he went down like a soldier and he, he, he faced his enemy square in the eye and took everything that he had. And that's the, that's what I loved about that last, well, that scene with him is that Abraham never, lost who he was like you saw from start to finish the character abraham was i mean he matured but at the same time he never at all lost who he was even even at the face of death and i think that's a really cool um that was for him for me i don't know well looking at that character that was a really cool line to watch him go from start to finish and then at the very last moment gives his final words um, and it definitely isn't pleading and it definitely isn't, uh, uh, speaking for the group or trying to save anyone. Um, but, uh, just another piece of smack talk from Abraham that, um, that would have been, uh, missed, I think, and taken away from had we, um, had we seen the death, like the comics. Um, I don't think we, I, I like the fact that death, that death was saved, um, until this point. However, with Glenn, I can't imagine any other way of him going. And I think that's what uh, Stephen Yun said, I think in the walking dead, the talking dead was he, he mentioned a lot of that. He was just like, you know what? He goes at the end of it. He goes, I can't like, you can't give that to anyone else. 
Um, and plus what, and I was talking to Lauren about this, my wife, and I was said, I said, well, what, how, I said, where would Glenn be taken to at this point to where we just get tired of him? Number one, like, you know, at one point we just go, ah. All right, like okay, like when is this character like gonna gonna go? Because well, that, that cat's burning <laughs> up his nine lives at this point. Well, yeah, like how many? And that's the other thing. Like how many fake outs are we gonna have from him too? <laughs> like okay, like done with the fake outs. Um, and then I think the and then choosing the death in which he would go would need to be uh, would then have to have a pressure on it to need to be great because of how he went in the comics. Um, and this is a great, you know, it's hard, it's weird to say it, but it's a great death. Um, having these two characters go out in this way, it's a, for the story, this is fantastic. And I think we're going to, I'm excited to see Maggie 2.0. Um, I'm excited to see kind of how I'm excited. I mean, I'm watching, I'm, I'm excited to watch Rick and his like figuring out how to play this politically because now that's where he's broken into he's he that that like that last final scene that Abraham and Isaac kill your own son I mean you know chop his own arm off like that's you know that's your call now I think so, that was a fantastic fantastic uh, uh what is it foreshadow or betrayal well, or if, analogy if, if the show is going to uh follow the book a little bit um I'm going to have to tell all walking deadites. Rick is going to be Negan's B for quite a while. <laughs> oh, he yeah. is, he is the, uh, gamma male at this point. He's not even a beta <laughs> male at this point. So, uh, yeah, no, I, yeah. I agree. I agree fully, man. I, I love that. Uh, I love that assessment of it. Uh, there, you know, I understand people's attachment to Glenn and I, you know, there was sort of, of this, course, un, there, there's sort of this unwritten rule of the walking dead that there are these untouchables mm. that won't die. Uh, sorry, you know, no. that's, that, that doesn't exist. And what, what I'm interested in, and we'll, we'll move on to the next topic here. We'll, we'll leave uh, walking dead to our, uh, several awesome walking dead podcasts that are out there. Yeah. But, um, again, this is not something that we're going to be doing every week. So no, this but is, it's, this is probably it, but it's, it's we, a, may, his, we may chat about it, but that's about it. Well, and I think the thing is that it is still a, uh, historic comic book. It is oh, a yeah. consistent bestseller. It's a consistent ratings grabber right mm -hmm. yep. so uh any comic book uh show his you know you, you got it you got to rub up on the walking dead every once in a while uh i, I what oh, i'm yeah. what i'm very interested in is uh seeing daryl's progression is he hmm. going to is he going to bear again there's no daryl in the books right so uh is daryl going to shoulder that blame because he, you know, punches Negan, oh, yeah. you know, he's Negan's, you know, uh, needling Rosita and Daryl's had enough. And um, is he going to shoulder a lot of that and say, you know, because we haven't seen Daryl really lose his cool like that in a, in a while. Is he is because I, you know, Norman Reedus is such an amazing actor. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that I, his pain. So good. Go back and watch the episode where he finds Merle zombified. It 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 will break your heart when he has to put down his yeah. brother who's zombified. It it I very few times has the Walking Dead <laughs> as the Walking Dead show moved moved me to literal tears uh, coming down my yeah. eyes. I I can give you three and and Glenn was not one of them. Though it did move me, but there, there's three. Oh, that was, yeah, that was that was definitely a hard hitter. But I'm there's three very yeah three very specific episodes 
when when Lori dies and the moment yeah. that she had in you know there's Lori was a very uh um divisive was, character yeah for but sure. her but the way she dies with her son uh at her mm. side mm-hmm. and and telling him that she's always been proud of him that she that yeah that he was everything to her and then you know carl coral you know having coral. to be coral having which is my middle name by the way and my son's middle name well there you uh, go yeah uh you know carl having to be the one who um you know keeps her from turning tears yeah um, man yeah when um Oh my gosh, dude! Drawing a blank. Maggie's dad. Um, oh, Herschel. Herschel. When oh my when, gosh, when Herschel governor. dies. Oh. Yeah, when Herschel dies. That Herschel. Yeah, Herschel was really the you know Dale was the first. Herschel was the second yeah. voice of reason in Rick's head, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you know Herschel's death probably affected Rick more than Maggie. But Maggie and <laughs> yeah. Maggie Could've and Be- yeah Maggie and Beth's reaction, their face when they see you know Herschel's head come off moved me uh oh, and yeah, then man. and then uh you know the the one with uh you know Daryl finding Merle so uh you know Norman Reedus did such a great job of emoting in that scene and and you can just see the look on his face like here we got a reformed racist uh who yeah. you know didn't really have a whole lot of patience for Glenn in the first season and you know just the look on his face this like oh my god what what did i just do what did I just do? Yeah. And I, and I think he will to answer you to kind of go off what you were saying before he is going to carry that. That is him. Um, and I think Negan is going to, Oh, he's going to make sure that wound open. He's going to make sure he's going to keep that wound open. Um, you know, um, cause that crap doesn't fly. Right. So like <laughs> that, uh, that he's going to, I think that's the biggest, one of the bigger parts for, um, Daryl and I think that was one of my biggest reactions is when it wasn't when uh you know it may have been a little bit toward the same when he when he turns around it's just the way it happened with Glenn when he just turns around and he goes well back to it and then just very unceremoniously it's straight, and that I think that's down what on it top is. of his head <laughs> it's yeah. so it's so it's no it's so nonchalant and I think and that's what is shocking about it is when we see this like this guy, this, this guy, you know, except for Abraham, cause Abraham, he was a very built up. It was super, it was ceremony. It was, it was the thing. And, and that was the point to the group was like, here we go. Now we're even like, we'll call like, this is where we're going to stand. And it was a big ceremony. But the, the second death was very unceremonious. It was super nonchalant. And, and it was, um, and just, I think that's what's just shocking another, about it. another day at the office. Right. It was like, well, you know, uh, you've been dealing with other people who have been lying to you about who they are. I'm not that person. Mm-hmm. So now I have to do this. And what's funny is like when he apologizes to the group, I can see this really affects you. And I'm sorry for that. I, there's a, a sense of genuineness to that. There I is. think that's how he, psychotic yes. he is. It's like, there's a sense of like, okay, I'm genuinely sorry that this has to happen. Um, but I'm not a liar. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you're, so, you know, you're right. You're right. Like, I mean, it's, it's super weird. And I think there's so many, there's so many of those emotions back and forth. There's no ceremony with Glenn. Who's been a very much a, a loved character and to watch him just be like, just done. It was, 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 was shocking. And I think yeah, man. when, uh, when 
when he gets up and hits him, when um, uh, Norman Reedus, uh, Daryl, hits him. I don't know why I forgot that. <laughs> when he hits him, Darryl. like that was the moment I knew. I was just like, oh, no, why? Like, just Mistake. keep it cool. Mistake. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right. right. But yeah. Walking super, Dead. Super cool stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, what are you reading? I am in the middle of uh, Bloodshot 2, actually. So I am now, you know, Red Harbinger, the Omega Rising, Red Bloodshot, the Rise and Fall. Or no, that's what Bloodshot Volume 2 is, is the Rise and the Fall. Yes. Um, and Bloodshot Volume 2, it is cool. So um, it's definitely progressing the story of, of Bloodshot kind of finding out or wanting to find out who he is. Um, they've uh, essentially, as a mercenary, they've been who it was who has nanobites or nanomites inside of him. And that's how he like heals and stuff like that. Um, he's trying to, they've been implanting a lot of this stuff inside of him and, and allowing him to run missions with purpose that essentially are based on lies that he didn't realize at the time. They just, they kept everything from him and that's how they were able to get him to go out and do all this stuff with as much force and as much heart and passion as they needed. Um, to get the job done. Um, and I say, I think it's cool because this volume is covering him trying to find out, uh, honestly, he's just trying to find out his real name um, and the links that he's, that he's going to, uh, to obtain that. Um, and he's going, he's, he's dredging up a lot of things from his own past. Of course, like the digger, you, d- the, 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 the deeper you dig, uh, the more that you're going to find out. And I think it's, it's really cool to watch him um, encounter people that he had encountered before um, and then starts to get flashbacks of and then starts to um, starts to realize what he actually was doing while he was being clouded <laughs> with with all this like hack he is essentially as a person who can be hacked um, is kind of really kind of what it boils down to so um, very cool I'm still in the middle of it so I haven't resolved it yet but um, if you're not if you're reading it now, these go up to what's called the um, the Harbinger Wars, um, and there's two. There's a second Harbinger Wars happening now, but if you read these volumes, you know, going back a couple of years, you'll hit the first one. And then I did buy Divinity, um, and I haven't read it yet. And dude, that volume one, seven dollars, yeah. by the way. Yeah, right. Um, seven bucks, and I haven't read it yet, but I've read some of the 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 snippets of you know, the previews of it and it looks a lot of fun. So I'm excited. Yeah. You're going to, you know, it's going to move into the, the Harbinger Wars, uh, then which is eventually going to lead to, uh, what's called the Valiant. And the Valiant was the reset to the Valiant universe, which will lead to Bloodshot yeah. Reborn. Right. And that's the mm-hmm. Bloodshot that you were reading just yes. a few weeks ago, months ago. Right? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So Valiant comics, man, like it's, I know we've been saying it for a while, but we will if keep we've, I think we've been looking for, I know I have, and you have as well, been looking for a, a palate cleanser. And mm-hmm. um, after, after uh, the New 52, which was fantastic, read, excuse me, read by DC. And I think after Civil War, which is another fantastic read by Marvel, um, and, I'm, and it's like, okay, cool. Like I finally saw, like, especially after Civil War, when you get to see all of your all of your superheroes 
<laughs> like in a book. I think that's one of those moments you're like, man, this is cool and this is great and this is awesome. But if I think if I open up another book and I see Cyclops one more time, I'm going to lose it. Like I need to just like, I'm good for a minute. I'm good. And yeah, you know, that's, I that's think, such a great way to put it, dude. It really is. <laughs> I'm good for a minute. <laughs> it really is. It's, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I think, uh, I don't know, it may have been previous episode or the one before that, that where what Valiant is doing right now is allowing, uh, essentially, if you're revisiting Valiant yeah. or, or you're coming to it for the first time, it, it's a great place to start because of all the backstory. Like, like right now, if you were to go into your local comic shop and, and pick up any of the DC uh, universe rebirth books and you, you had not been a part of new 52 or you're not aware of how new 52 began. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be a little lost. You're going to be like, what? Yeah. A little bit. What, what is this yeah. thing with Superman was <clears throat> like around, but he wasn't. And there was a Superman that died. And now this Superman took his place. I thought Superman died back in the nineties, man. You know I mean? There's just going to be uh, all of this stuff. Uh, and you know, there, there's good stories being told, but you're exactly right. It's, it's, it's taking a break from the, the usual and, and getting yourself into something new, which I think is a, is a good segue to start talking about something that is old and wobbly and, got a couple oxygen tanks next to it and so let's just jump in dude i'm with you i we've think been, the last been... the last thing that we had said was and the last thing the last point i want to make is on that on those comics though is that being filled up with so like you have all these comics that have all the all your main characters in them and you have now movies like we've been i mean marvel movies x-men movies those have been ripe for the picking for the past couple of years and i think it's it's nice to have a refresh with valiant it's it's very nice to have a kind of like okay like I have my movies and I have all these like very good comic books but I'm ready for a refresh. So uh, I just want to throw something out real quick. I just got a little uh, notification here uh, from oh. Image. Believe it or not, Ooh. talk about perfect timing, right? Uh, right now, if you're into uh, digital books, uh, you know, on your iPad or phone or tablet, computer, whatever, uh, Image is having a massive, massive collected volume sale. On their digital books, I'm looking at these prices right now. This is gonna it's gonna blow your socks off. Six dollars. Wait for per, per per collected volume. Wow. Okay. Five five dollars ninety nine cents. Yeah. yeah. Dive in. So, um, yeah, man. There's uh, whoo whoo wee. That's a sale. <laughs> All right. It's a sale. It's a sale. Get those books. <laughs> It's like a, that was a bad Steve Brule. It's a sale. I, I don't know. I can't do a Steve Brule. All right, dude. Let's uh, dude. Let's talk some X Men, man. Let's talk, dude. We we've uh, we wet the appetites last week and uh, watched. Uh, uh, I watched X Men Apocalypse Tuesday night. Oh, you did. It's the second time I've seen it. It will. It will probably be the last and for a good long while, for sure. It will be. It will. I. I will not buy this movie. I. I know. I know that you are a completist, and and you bought it. They got my nine dollars in the theater. They got my six dollars through my Apple. Did you TV. just rent it? I just rented it. I'm not buying wow. that. Yeah. Wow. All right. Nope. Okay. 
dude, I had a choice. I can buy a, a, a dog meat movie for 20 or I can rent a, rent a dog meat movie for six. That's, you know what? You got a point. So I rented the dog meat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, um, is that, is that too mean? We should, we should maybe talk about some of the good. It is, first, it is but. mean. It's not necessarily like completely untrue, but you know, let's, you know, we're reasonable, right? So we got to yeah, step through this thing. So the, the, I've been watching, and I told you this. So I watched X-Men Apocalypse, um, a couple, I think five days ago. Um, and, uh, took it, took it, took a fair shot at it and watched it again and, and got irritated a lot and put a smile on my face a little bit. And, uh, then I watched X-Men one. Okay. After that. And then I watched, I actually just finished, you FaceTimed me at the very end, um, X-Men 2. I watched X-Men 2 um, just a few minutes ago. And because I'm trying to find the continuity, I'm trying to, I'm trying to align all these movies in a fair way <laughs> because I, need to, I needed to, I know, but I needed to go back and actually see it for myself. I needed to, to go through the data. I needed to go through the information and find the timelines and um, have this attempt to make sense other than um, Brian Singer being cute in his movies as we very much, I I got upset, you know, at the end of the last episode (laughs) where, where we see the cuteness come through, but like what? Okay. So you are, and I am as well, but I, you know, I I need to ask you these questions. Why are you so passionate about X-Men? X-Men was uh, the first, like, true, when I say true comic book, uh, first, like, true, like, superhero comic book that I read. I had other other comic books up until that point, but they were uh, Star Wars comics that were being produced by Marvel at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, we're talking, you know, 70s into the, uh, you know, mid-80s. Yeah. Uh, I read G.I. Joe comics from Marvel. I actually had a subscription to that, so that was very cool when you're a kid. Oh, yeah, there you go. Your G.I. Joe comic comes in the mail. (laughs) You know, yeah, dude, you're always totally looking forward to that. Uh, I read, Yeah, I read uh, the Transformers comic from Marvel at the time as well. And would, you know, occasionally, you know, maybe at at a Circle K or a 7-Eleven back when they sold comic books at convenience stores. Yeah. Would... uh, you know, thumb through a, like a Spider-Man or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't buy it, but, uh, X-Men was the, was the first comic book, uh, you know, superhero that I read and, and that I bought. And so, you know, it holds a very special place in my heart. Now I don't read a lot of X-Men now. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'm current reading list has zero X-Men in it. Yeah. That being said, that that was really my first introduction into you know superhero uh, comics, yeah. And and of course, you know, as you uh, moved into the '90s and and you had the amazing artwork and and X Men, very you know the the uncanny X Men, right? Which is the original uh, X Men title with Marvel. Uh, you know, Chris Claremont, some of the best, you know, Jim writing, yeah. yeah, and and then. Uh, you know, Marvel launched X-Men uh, in, you know, the 90s with Jim Lee as the artist. And then, you know, you had your spinoffs with the New Mutants, who eventually became X-Force. You had X-Factor, which was another spinoff of X-Men. It was the original X-Men 
uh, yeah. creating a group called X Factor. Uh, you had, in my opinion, I think, you know, the, you had the Dark Phoenix Saga, which, of course, was really good. The Dark but, Phoenix Saga was so uh, good. Yeah, it's real good. And there's another one that's called Inferno uh, that is yeah. absolutely amazing. You can get the collected volumes of those on Amazon. They are pricey, but they are worth it. You're introduced to Mr. Sinister, the origin of Cable. Uh, you don't know that's Cable at the time, but that is yeah. the origin oh, of Cable. Cool. Uh, that, uh, uh, you know, uh, Scott Summer's wife is actually a clone of Jean Grey. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's such an amazing, uh, story. And so, you know, when it was announced, uh, that there would be an X-Men movie that, you know, came out in 2000, which is crazy. 16 years ago. Right. 2000. I know. Uh, you know, of course I got very excited. So, you know, I, I'm passionate about these characters because of, uh, you know, and of course we don't want to dismiss the nineties era X-Men, uh, animated show either. That was my start. Like, yeah. you know, when back when, when I, when, as I started to grow up, like X-Men was, X-Men was superhero. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned, we talked about this before and I think our first episode with Superman and I remember having those old Superman, you know, the golden age of, of animation at the time. And, um, dude, but X-Men, that was the one, that was the, the, the things that like launched me into these are awesome. Like waking up on Saturday morning and running down, <laughs> running to the television and pop, like trying to very quietly pop on a, a old console television from the eighties. <laughs> like that, just the pop of that television. If you've ever turned on a console television and you had a to pull con- a the console television, do you mean I'm like sorry, a, C- a CRT CRT? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was saying, I was saying console. console. I don't know. Dude, I used to watch X-Men on my Nintendo, dude. <laughs> my it Nintendo. was sweet. It was streaming before there was streaming. <laughs> An old CRT. Yeah. An old CRT. Oh, oh, hey, by the way, I'm sorry, dude. I got to interject. We are we are less than two weeks away from the NES Mini Classic, by the way. Just oh, I know. It. I'm just throwing that out there. Okay, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, but you would you would you would pop the pop the knob on that old CRT and then all the electrons would start to warm up and you'd woo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, I'm familiar, my friend. I'm oh, familiar I know it, when, buddy. when a television was your furniture. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, turning that bad boy on and then waiting until, I think it was like 9 a.m. When I think it was like Spider-Man and then it was like 9.30 was, yeah. was X-Men. Ba-na-na-na-na-na. Oh, so good. That and that little thwack that happens when Wolverine hits the screen. Mm-hmm. Ah, so good. Yeah. Oh, God. Hey, Bob. Um, <laughs> but that was that was a lot of my introduction to it. Like Lady, that's when I found out about Lady Deathstrike. That's when I got introduced to characters like those little side characters like that um, in the X Men universe. I think the Morlocks were in there as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Magneto, Mister Sinister shows up. Mister Sinister was in there yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a very cool, very cool television show um, that wasn't super. It wasn't a, a, a light show. It wasn't a bopping around show. I mean, it was it was echoing at the time. It was echoing Batman, the animated series, which was super dark as well. And I think it was a nice action. It was a really a cool action ca- cartoon. Very cool action cartoon. But I mean, th- th- I read those. They, they had um, released some some books at the time that would cover uh, Jean Grey's um, sagas as well, as well as Logan's. And they were, they were actually just, they were text. It wasn't anything comic about them. They were just, uh, Marvel had released these little books, little booklets. They were about 100 pages. Um, and I would just read those over and over and over again. And um, 
just I that was you know like I said that was the time when I got to allowance money and I was mo- you know I'd, I'd do chores <laughs> yeah. and I'd be able to go buy my own comics That's and I'd cool, be able dude. to go and man that, that was the start for me so you know when we talk about this stuff I'm you know speaking to our listening audience but when we do talk about this stuff there's there's a there's a few moments in our there's a few moments for us where we do get heated and we do get a little um, passionate about this stuff just because of these are the reasons why we talk about it right now. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's absolutely. why we're doing this show. Yes. Yes. And with the, the advent of the, of the movies and, you know, at the time when, uh, casting and, you know, you guys got to remember too, if we're, if we got some, you know, younger, uh, yep. fans, the internet was a thing obviously in, in 2000, that being said, it wasn't quite like it was or, or, or is today where you get news on upcoming movies, not, not just like comic book movies, but just like anything, entertainment, pop culture in general. It's just like pop, pop, pop. It's just coming at you. Right? You know about it right away. So, you know, the casting for X-Men, you know, was interesting. You know, Hugh Jackman was sort of a known unknown at the time. And, and I, I don't really want to get into the casting of the movies because that that's that can just lead you down all sorts of rabbit trails, though. I, I do need to talk about the casting for Apocalypse. Um, I, I've never had a problem with the casting uh, of these movies. You know, we, we've already talked about the outstanding chemistry between Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Hugh Jackman, even though physically uh, that's not what Wolverine is not, you Six know, foot two. <laughs> a tall drink of water uh, in the in the comics. Hugh Jackman is Wolverine on screen. Uh, it, it's going to be difficult to see someone else in that role because it is going to happen. So yeah, it's kind of hard to find like a, like a four foot 11, like slightly, you know, hunched over crouchy, really crotchety and and very angry like person, you know, like, like it's, it's kind of hard to find that guy. Hollywood's (laughs) not really crawling with those type of, of, uh, you know, camera ready. Uh, yeah. so <laughs> Wolverine not, is not a pretty sure. dude. <laughs> uh, you know, they, I, I always felt that the casting, uh, you know, pretty much for the most part was, was spot on and fine. you know, the, the original X-Men, uh, it, I, I, you know, you and I hit on this last week. It, it is not stood up to the test of time. No. X2 is a fantastic movie. Great. Oh, yeah. fa- fantastic sequel. That's, that's one I can watch pretty much anytime. X3, we all agreed that was, you know, the pits, you know, <laughs> origins. We can all agree that was the pits. And so uh, I think where we start really getting flustered with the X-Men timeline is the wretched performance and story of origins. Yeah. That, that's where it began. Because that, that is where continuity be damned. We're, we're going to give you a movie, number one, packed with mutants that come and go like the breeze. Just. Right. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. More character in a mudslide. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. More characters, more characters, more characters. And, and then you're trying to align them like you're like, OK, well, Cyclops. All right. So Scott Summers. Um, is a is a is a and I, and I to and be honest we're, with we're, you, we're speaking we're speaking on origins. Origins. Here, right? We are speaking yeah. on origins because mm-hmm. yeah. I was watching as I watched um, Apocalypse. 
I have all, you know, that's the kind of nice thing about having these movies ready to go is that I actually paused at the scene where he was introduced inside of Apocalypse back to when we first saw him in Origins. And I was like, okay, those, those red glasses came from Beast. They were ruby refracting. Like that was the detail that they decided to talk about. And then in Origins, I like flip back a couple of scenes and boom, I find it. And he's right there. He's already got the red glasses on. He's in school. He's in trouble. He's writing something on the board. And that's when uh, Sabretooth comes after him. Um, and there's really nothing further beyond that other than him having him being hey, in, the, in the facility. Let's, let's just have a young Cyclops in this movie. Like, out of, out and, of, and, and again, uh, again, we, we, we origins at least timeline wise and dude seriously man you know god bless you for trying to make sense of this timeline it's it's, it's i did some work man like i wanted to at least give it a fair shot here the greatest mathematicians in the world would give up on this (laughs) i mean it just it you know technically origins doesn't exist in the let's call it the first class timeline first class timeline that makes or or at least apocalypse timeline maybe sure does not exist that being said it, it, it okay brother man dude i get worked up with this stuff so at the end of days of future past okay logan walks into xavier's office in the in the in the mansion present day present present day yeah and <clears throat> you know he he, he woke up that that's the day he, he woke caught up. up with himself he he runs into gene uh, he has a little tete-a-tete with uh, Scott and back to the uh, don't don't you know, don't touch yeah, my keep, girl. Keep keep your hands off my girl. Keep, keep away from my girl. girl. Keep away from my girl. <laughs> and so and then, you know, he tells Xavier that he remembers. He's all tell me everything. And then, you know, the movie ends. OK. Cool ending. I, I was like, I'm, okay, there was right, a little on. bit. I, I didn't have a problem, big problem with a lot of that, uh, but all right. Okay. So clearly clear. And, and you, and Hey, everyone who's been listening to this show knows that I love days of future past. That is my favorite X-Men movie. They could have ended that series on that movie and I would have been completely happy with it. Yeah, sure. I'm not kidding. If they said, this is the last X-Men movie. We're done. We're canning it. Goodbye. I would have been like, Oh, thank you. You ended it. Just you what fixed a fu- it. And what you, a and fine you feast. Yeah, what a fine feast. It, it's great. Absolutely. Okay. So we can safely assume that the timeline corrected or shifted that the events of, of X3 in the first class timeline. Okay. Do not happen. Right. right? Okay. So did that affect the, uh, what let's call the, for lack of a better term, the origins timeline. Okay. Did that affect the origins timeline? Are we seeing Logan and Xavier having a conversation in the origins timeline or are they having a conversation in the first class timeline? It's not specifically stated. I think it's the first class timeline. Okay. If we say it's the first class timeline, fantastic. Okay. That, Cause that's, that's what makes the most sense to me because okay. when he was dropped off right in the, in the lake, whatever, he died and then didn't the Potomac. like the Potomac. the Potomac river. Yeah. That's when he like essentially just like went into autopilot because from that point forward. And that's, what's really another piece of really confusing like storytelling. Oh, oh dude, I'm, I'm going to add is a this, whole lot. I'm going to add a whole like lot Logan more here, automatic mode from that point forward. 
Okay, there, there, there's okay. So I'm, I'm going to add a lot more into this because, uh, and and I need to course correct on a couple of things that I said last week. Okay. Uh, so you know, watching Apocalypse again on Tuesday, uh, Raven does not see Logan at Alkali Lake. She is in a different room. They're in a lowered room, looking up at a window. Um, if you remember that scene where they're captured, yeah. all they simply see is blood splatters going across. Right, the glass. she doesn't see him. Okay, in, so yeah. my my bad. I I was under. I had remembered incorrectly that Raven saw Logan at Alkali Lake. Okay, so I need to correct that. So I didn't. They, oh, I I thought you were. I, I thought we were talking that. about um, Days of Future Past and the relationship well, well, from Logan well, she, and yeah. Raven. My what the, the, the line that I was trying to connect was, you know, she obviously saw Logan in Days of Future Past. And, and I remembered incorrectly that she saw Logan oh, in, in Alkali, Alkali Lake. Oh, okay. It was just I like, oh, who's this guy? You know, um, OK, so I was wrong in that regard. That being said, Wolverines and, and this is what I walk away from. OK, and we'll, we'll talk about some of the other issues like this movie is supposed to take place 20 years after first class, but everyone looks like they've aged a day. Um, sorry <laughs> you yeah. don't look the same 20 years later i'm sorry you just don't <laughs> you just don't um well having number one that having raven quote unquote be the one who fishes logan out of the potomac at end of days of future past mistake number one that should have just been striker Leave right. it at Stryker. Okay. The second thing is having Wolverine in that movie screws in Apocalypse screws it up that much more. Okay. So okay, tell and, me, bring and I'm going to tell you me. why. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Logan was critical, critical in Days of Future Past. Right. Absolutely. He's yeah. the one who convinced uh, at first class. He era, was a yeah. first class Xavier to quit whining, quit moaning, quit complaining. Get up, get moving. We've got mutants to save, all of this stuff. He was pivotal. Pivotal. Well, why does Xavier yeah. make no mention of this mutant who traveled from the future via telekinesis? Why does Xavier not mention him one time in Apocalypse? You could have kept Wolf. Think about this, dude. Think about it. Why didn't Xavier go look for this man? Why would Xavier not want him in that school? He's the one who saved it. It's stupid. Yeah. It's stupid. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. It's now that, stupid. Now stupid. <laughs> stupid. He. You're just like. Oh well. I guess he's gone. All right. I get this cerebro, but you know, I'll be damned if I'm going to try to find him using that. Well, yeah, and it's like I'm trying to figure out like how. Like if he, is he is he just prior? Okay, I'm gonna play the. I'm trying to play. I understand you, this side. I'm gonna play the I, other yeah. side. Okay, good I always have do. fun. I know fun. it's not gonna it's, work, but I'm gonna do no. it anyway. I'm gonna okay. again. It's not gonna work. I'm gonna do it anyway. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm gonna take a drink of my coffee. <laughs> so, with that being said, the the priority setting that that um of where Pro- Professor Xavier is at right now, um. Where is he in terms of priorities? So then where does Logan then fall on that list of priorities? Logan should have been priority number one because Apocalypse contradicts the end of Days of Future Past when Xavier openly states, I am going to prepare a team. By the time we get to Apocalypse, what's he preparing them for? Their SATs? But that's even said, and what's interesting is though, is that's even stated in the, in the, um, what are we calling it? 
The origins timeline. Yeah. Origins timeline. Xavier. Xavier is, talks about, or I'm sorry, um, Xavier is put into that spot again where he's like, we wanted to do this team, but Xavier is is not doing that. He's teaching them. It's an actual school. So, and that's okay for it to be a school, but he makes it abundantly clear at the end of Days of Future Past that there must be an X-Men. There must be an X-Men. And he yeah. is, it, it is up to him and Hank McCoy, and you would assume Logan. Yeah. <laughs> to, like, it's stupid, Ryan. I mean, it, you would assume that they would say, he openly states where the X-Men must exist. When we get to Apocalypse, like I said, what's he training them for? Their SATs? Because it's Hank McCoy building the jet. It, and, and Xavier just seems to just kind of live in like this, oh, what? There's, there's a jet underneath the school? Who, who signed off on that? You know, I mean, it's just yeah. like... It seems very it, backwards. It seems very... Yeah. And, and, the, and I think you're and, right, and because I, in all this starts, for me, it just starts with the end of days... With again, I know we keep saying it, but mystique and picking days of up. Future, yeah, days of future past. You mean days? You said That's end of said. days. End of days. You said at the at the end of days of future. Days. Past. Of, oh, I thought you meant the at movie the, End of Days. No, like I don't, I don't know, know how that, that Schwarzenegger film fits <laughs> oh, into this. But I don't know what movie that is. <laughs> he, we can probably get the Schwarzenegger film End of Days to fit the continuity better than we better. could with Apocalypse. Yeah. So, because totally. you still had mystique picking him up at the end, which makes again zero sense because then. What is the path of him getting back to Stryker to do the experiment? And I think that was okay. the easiest way to shoehorn that whole, to get him adamantium again. That was the easiest way to just go, yep. brr, adamantium back because holy crap, we got to have him have adamantium. Um, otherwise, where are we at? It, it goes against everything that, that we know about the Xavier character. Okay. Xavier's goal is not to force mutants into his way of thinking right his goal is to find them speak with them encourage them uh and and attempt to mold them into not hit Jean gray excluded mold them into a better version of themselves right why so okay so i'm gonna so listen here's my theory on how apocalypse could have worked okay okay are you ready <clears throat> let me clear my throat so Days of Future Past would have ended with Stryker fishing Wolverine out of the Potomac, not yeah. Raven. Raven is gone, right? She is on the run, all right? We get to Apocalypse. Very easily, and, you know, Brian Singer, you had an entire, you know, a legion of comic book writers who could have, you know, fixed this with one flipping panel mm -hmm. in a comic, okay? Yeah. Simply making a statement to Hank... Or uh, uh, Alex Summers, that he has been very, very uh, tediously trying to Logan and just naming him, saying this, this, this Logan that we had met. He said, "I have been trying to find Logan." Yeah. Well, he's not going to find Logan because he's in Alkali Lake. Okay. Right. Just simply that we're, we're, you know, continuously working to find this man. Okay. Yeah. Now you don't have to phrase it like that. That's poor writing that I just gave you there, but very easily just say, we've Give been me something looking, about looking for him, looking Done. for him finished. Okay. Now, if you wanted to have the actual physical character of Wolverine in the movie, this is how you could have done it. The, the X-Men do not go to Alkali Lake at all. Okay. 
There okay. is no, there is no little, you know, side quest to Alkali Lake. All right. Yeah. Wolverine's escape from Alkali is your mid credit scene. Okay. Again, you have an entire legion of comic book writers who could fabricate something where Weapon X gets out of his containment unit. Yeah. He goes on his berserker rage, striker bails, and uh, somehow Logan removes the headset off of his head. He stands there confused, you know, bolts through a door and takes out through the wilderness. Done. There you go. Yeah. All right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Because guess what, comic book fans? That's how he did it in the comics. The X-Men didn't just show up and save him. He well, right. And they, they didn't he let escaped. him out of the cage, which yeah. was weird because he was kept in this box. Yeah. Like that. Like, I don't understand. You could very There's easily. There's nothing about this that that's making sense. Yeah. You very easily could, could create a scenario where some ding dong guard doesn't realize or flips the wrong switch or spills his coffee on a, on a, on a computer panel. And all of a sudden boom, the cage opens and he kind of gives that, Oh my God. Right. And then yeah. the, you know, the, you get the close up of the claws popping and he just rips it pun intended striker bails Wolverine goes running out into the wilderness of Canada. There's your mid credit scene done. The X-Men were not there. You didn't have Jean gray going, I want like to give making you a Logan. Which, I mean, would oh kind of set up, gosh. like, which sets up some interesting things, but it doesn't set up enough to, to really, no. like, sink your teeth into. No, because... It just sets it, up, like, oh, look, they have a relationship. That's why Logan's in love with her, because that's what he's, like, one of his first forming memories after okay. he got his mind okay. wiped was, I, that's I why could, he's in love with Jean Grey. I could give you that, but if we're going to assume that... I'm not saying it's I'm, it's as no, thin no. As, as rice paper, dude, but I'm it's saying totally, that that's yeah. where it's, that's where I'm justifying so, it. I, I hear you. I hear you. And, and trust me, man, I, I went through that process in my mind as well, too. Sure. Because if in the first class timeline, if he meets, <clears throat> excuse me, if he meets the X-Men, yeah. similar to how he did in the Origins timeline, yeah. my goodness, wouldn't Jean Grey be like, you know, I feel like I've seen this man before and it doesn't look like he's aged. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Probably. Or Xavier just going... I will help you find who you are, though we did meet, and I won't tell you. <laughs> like, which is and why, Ryan, which is why those stupid. It's stupid. Which and is I why those movies are completely out. Like, I and feel that's stupid for watching it. Yeah, I do. I really do. So again, here, here's the problem that that Fox is, <clears throat> excuse me, that Fox is having with with the X franchise. They desperately, desperately, desperately wanted to be their own MCU. Okay. Yes. So the. So the end credit scene of Apocalypse is the cleanup crew going to Alkali Lake. They take the blood sample that is clearly from Wolverine, which will lead to X-23. I'm sure that we'll see in Logan. And then the, he closes the briefcase and it says the Essex Corporation. Now, for those who read X-Men comics, the X Essex Corporation is run by Mr. Sinister. OK, right. you could still have that scene in there, right? And this yeah. is how you do it. This is how you do it. The mid credit scene is Wolverine's escape. The end credits is the Essex Corporation. So you get you get a twofer. You get a mid credit and you get an end credit. Marvel's done that twice where you mm -hmm. get a mid credit and an end credit. That way you keep Wolverine away from the X-Men. OK, but it still doesn't solve the problem because when when Wolverine eventually runs into Xavier, that Xavier in the first class timeline knows who he is. Where in the origin timeline, he does not know who Logan is. Right. So you still have a problem. 
Well, that's why Origins if, is... If, well, if. hang on. That's why that's why the Origins timeline is erased. It's gone. There is, there's, so, nothing, there's nothing in the current time. That's what Days did, was it ended that timeline, reset okay. everything, and now we have these this subset of movies in this so, timeline now. Okay, so we're going to... Okay, I like where you're going with that. So we're going to assume then that when... And we, 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 we're, we're probably not going to see it, okay? Because Logan takes place in the future. So right. I think I think we can assume then that when uh Logan does eventually run into the X-Men, Xavier does remember him and helps him. Yeah. I think okay. and I okay. think that's, yeah, no, that's why a, we that's see that's a safe assumption. Which has to I mean that's the only thing that well honestly that's what all we're left with to be honest with you. Like if we're trying to make this thing work, which I am, like that's that's the only thing that we can assume is that Xavier recognizes him, understands the fact that he, that Logan won't recognize him because Logan, again, is in this automatic mode, right? Okay. He, okay. he is in, he's in unclaimed territory. He doesn't remember anything from the procedure, essentially. Yeah. Is, and even then he has flashes of it. And the reason why he's having flashes of it and like so messed up about it is because he's in automatic mode through these throughout this whole timeline. So Logan has to get caught up on his own past, which is like a, just a repeat fest of like the first couple movies of Logan trying to figure out who he is. But yeah, now yeah. he gets it. Now he gets a lesson straight from Patrick Stewart going, Hey, like this is, this is what's been happening. You know, I need to catch you up because this is where we are now. Okay. I, I, dude, well done. <laughs> I, like you said, I mean, we're, we're, you, you, they, they haven't given us much to work with. No. It, and, 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 and ultimately, what it, what it comes down to is, again, it, we're, we're going we're gonna to take this dead horse and continue to Negan it until there's nothing left of it, is that um, had you simply not had Raven fishing yeah, him out of the public. Honestly, there are so many assumptions. Okay, keep apocalypse don't change a thing about okay apocalypse. hold on hold on two things two things i'm sorry not having raven fish logan out of the potomac not having the x-men run into him at alkali lake even then honestly that, that, dude th- those you, two if you, the issue if you fixed the end of the end of days if you fixed that where it was just striker i could honestly as bad as that is it wouldn't be like a moment of complete confusion it would just be like that well that's a little cheese that's a little cheap like that's the reaction I would have other than what is going on? Like yeah, the reaction yeah. I have is what is going on. The reaction I would have if it was striker that took him and X-Men are there and that found him and released him, it would have just been, well, that was a little cheap, but that honestly, probably I, I, I that would have been it for me. Like I was like, eh, well, it was cheap. Well, but, well and, it, right. and, it be- and it begs the question too, that uh, if, if Raven, you know, well, Raven was the one who fished him out. Why? Why wouldn't she have said something to Xavier? I I don't know, dude. Because well, where I, would I, she? Yeah, she like did she drop him off? Did she tell Stryker what's up? Like, what did was there a convert? Like, how did that? Like, did it come in? Did he come by in FedEx? Like, was he just shipped there? Like, what right. happened? How did how did Wolverine? How did Logan get to Alkali Lake? That you cannot give me well, like other than like was he just dropped off and just like hey uh, I know you're doing like some stuff so I figured this guy'd be pretty good I don't so like, maybe may, maybe Xavier was shot with an amnesia bullet 
and <laughs> we're back to right. origins. Okay, all right, dude. Let's let's let Wolverine go. Let's dig into some of these other things with Apocalypse. Okay. okay. Do you want do you want to do you want to hit one or do you want me to? Well, okay, do you want me so to continue have, to pile on? Because no, I I do want to yeah. talk about some of the good. There's there's a lot of good in that movie, but man, we gotta. There's a lot to pile. Well, as sure. Well too. My my second favorite. We, oh, we've sorry. beaten Wol- we've beaten Wolverine to I death. Know. We're we're that's we're done with Wolverine with that one. So I have a I have a few top characters in my brain of of. Who are my favorite characters? You know, obviously Wolverine is is one of the top favorite characters in that mm-hmm. in that group. Um, Jean Grey, the Phoenix, is my one of my. Is a very close second. Um, I think that I think Phoenix is one of the most awesome and and a completely misrepresented every single time she's on screen. Um, but the Phoenix is slightly awesome, just awesome in the comics and in the even in that TV show. Awesome stuff. My third on that list is Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler for me, just one of the coolest, most just the coolest of the cool characters. Kurt, Kurt Wagner. Kurt Wagner, and he's got the coolest outfits, like in the old Uncanny X Men and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're oh, they're I mean they're 80s and goofy as all get out, but dude, Nightcrawler was is awesome. And I he and I watched the beginning of X Men two, and I was reminded of how awesome. Nightcrawler is, and and they, the, get, they got Nightcrawler so right in X two, uh, a religious oh man, a man just, of deep, a man of deep, deep faith, uh, and of and of they, uncertainty, they him, and of just yeah. he he blames how much he blames himself for everything that's going on, and that just constant guilt, um, but wanting to help and wanting to be a part, um, which again, like this is well, Nightcrawler is a good picture of the timeline, um, and kind of how things work. Because Nightcrawler was captured by Jean Grey and Storm inside of the church. Yes. While this version of Nightcrawler, um, again, the timeline being reset, was completely captured in a, in a uh, honestly, just a wildly different scenario from start to finish. Um, was captured by Mystique um, in, a, in, a, in a bar fight. Well, well like, in, I guess, well, in a cage like match mut- with mutant, an- Angel. Mutant cage fightings. Mutant cage fighting. Yeah. So Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the complete, <laughs> we'll get into the complete botching of the Archangel character and the Dark uh, Angel character. Yeah. Just, Angel, Angel and Archangel, like, I just, I'm, I'm mystified on both of those. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to give you a big heap and help with that one there. No, good. In a, okay. In a second, yeah. Um, the Nightcrawler character in Apocalypse, um, I tell you, I, I, I felt such a connection to X2 and felt it was Nightcrawler had some, had some neat moments in, in, in Apocalypse, but, um, man, like he just, he was such a, he was such a pivotal character in X-Men 2. Um, he pulled Storm into the Cerebro. Um, you know, he saved Rogue when she went out of the plane. Like there was so many moments where, where Nightcrawler that, that was scene, incredibly that pivotal, ch- pivotal. That, that, that's a spine tingling chill, uh, scene where he poof, goes and grabs Rogue. Poof, and then yeah. Comes Cause Rogue just like him. slips right out. Like there is yeah. no chance for her. Just whoop. and he, and he blindly jumps too. It was a blind jump and it was the things that he'd been scared to do. And so Mm -hmm. to watch him like overcome all those things now, like in the NX two versus when I'm watching him in apocalypse and he's got the cool haircut and he's very 80s. Michael Jackson. And it's just, (laughs) just the cheese on cheese on piled on cheese that I wish I would love to see that dude has been captured. Okay. This is what kills me. The dude has been in a box captured with the German 
circus, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and then had they transported him around inside of a inside of an electrical box, which keeps him from getting out. Yes. Um. He's he's still he's still constrained by some sense of physics. He can't right. just you know like he's got to move. Yeah, the way he moves and his electricity apparently is the one of the few things that keeps him in and out. Which uh, anyway, I'm sorry, I'm getting a, a further off on on powers and how they work in Apocalypse versus how they sure, work yeah. in X Men because yeah, right. the powers work differently apparently too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> because <laughs> he was able to zap okay in x-men 2 i'm gonna say it, he was able to zap in the room where all the children were being kept like jubilee and all the kids were um and able to pull them out of that room but that room was also surrounded by electricity so that was fine like he he could zap in and out of there but he couldn't like an apocalypse apparently his powers changed where he could hey, timeline timeline's been reset ryan just accept it <laughs> it also changed their mutant oh yeah abilities changes completely. everything except for except for logan except for yeah <laughs> Except for Logan, he get he gets metal claws back. Everyone else stays. Well, thank the goodness, because yeah. otherwise, where are we at? Um, but the uh, but anyway, yeah, just like just kind of disappointed in in the representation of 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 Nightcrawler because of, again, I guess I should get back to my point from being if I if I could picture um a young uh, uh kid teenager being trapped and held inside of a inside of a box for a couple of years and transported and being really kind of messed around with and beaten and, and, and emotionally scarred, physically scarred, um, make him fight other mutants or just fight another mutant. And before they escape, I can't imagine like going to the mall is like one of those like big, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Like, I don't, <laughs> well, and, well, and here, here's the... Well, they had again, to go to the mall to give Quicksilver his re- repeat, uh, just recycle scene, so, you know. And God, could anything look more like a video game when... <sighs> so frustrating. Okay, so yeah, so you've got Raven, who, you know, obviously, because of the events of Days of Future Past, uh, really cannot walk around in her quote-unquote true form. Right. Uh, without someone, you know... Recognizing her in more than one way. Yeah, check her out. Uh, Really, I think where we've gotten with mutants, at least, uh, I think, you know, Apocalypse takes place in 1983, I believe, is that it's still not widely accepted. Right. It's still viewed very uh, suspiciously. So, yeah, uh, Kurt would probably not be walking around a mall. Which, which Which makes me wonder... Now, I don't I don't own the movie and I and unless there is a fire sale on iTunes, I won't be buying this movie. Right. I, I don't know if there's a deleted scene. I feel like there's a deleted scene somewhere because the clothes that Nightcrawler wears to the mall or is, is not what he's wearing when they come. That's back. That's true. The there there is actually a deleted scene where they okay. they have. I think it's like I think it's an on it. And I Shop, should be shopping with wrong, the mutants. But I know. think it's a montage. Oh, brother. I think it's one of those vacation. All I ever wanted <laughs> vacation have to get away. That doesn't look well, good. That looks good. Thumbs uh, up. High five. Walking around with shopping bags. Right. Like, okay. I think that. Happened. Yeah. No, I, I agree on, 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 on Nightcrawler. Um, you know that I, let, let me hit on, on angel here because, uh, Archangel, and, and you stated last week that you know you are a, a big Archangel fan. Man, I was a big fan. Let's travel back to the world of the comic books. 
Uh, the animated series touched on this as well, too. Uh, Archangel is an original X-Man. Yep. He was an original X-Man. Yeah. Along with uh, Beast, Cyclops, and Jean Iceman. Grey. And Iceman. Thank you. Uh, so the originals were Angel, uh, Iceman, Beast, Jean Grey, Cyclops, and Professor X. Right. So the... And we're you can not find that be, on the cover of the first yeah. X-Men comic. Easy to find. <laughs> Google image search, original X-Men, and you, that's who you will see. And so... Um, not to dig too much in here because we want to give reasonable lists, you know, go do some homework cause you'll love it. Uh, the, the transformation of angel to archangel and then eventually dark angel when he becomes one of apocalypse's horsemen right. is a gut wrenching storyline Yep. in terms of the absolute fall and just crushing of a man's spirit to become dark angel and dark angel ends up becoming one of the most formidable foes yeah. the X-Men have faced oh, because just... he, because it used to be one of them. Right. And, and now he's, now he's got, you know, with these, those metal, yes. those metal wings and, and he is armed and he is full of rage and apocalypse and... gifted him with extra powers as well too, yep. that you don't see in the movie. He gets the, the metal wings, but he's gifted with, a number of other uh, abilities that Apocalypse gives him. And the X-Men always struggled with Dark Angel because he was one of them. Right. And it is a, a very emotional storyline. And Dark Angel never becomes Archangel again. He is always Dark Angel. He comes right. back to the X-Men, but the form in which Apocalypse turned him, that is his form that is his forever. Yeah. He's not able forever. to go. It's not like a costume. He can't switch out of it. It's, no. his, it's his skin. He essentially carries the stain of Apocalypse. Yep. And Apocalypse, let's, let's talk about that character as well, too. In uh, the comics... I don't know if I'm ready for that yet. <laughs> in the comics, Apocalypse... I think you know the best way that you could kind of put him is sort of the... Um, you know, I guess you could say like the dark side in DC, you know, dark yeah, this side. Is, this is the Thanos. This is dark side. This is one of the characters that will, that wrecks you, you, the planet. Like you can't he, beat him. You, you can't, you, you just have to find a way to get rid of him for a while. Yeah. You have to dodge him. Like it's not, it's not a complete defeat. It's, it's like maybe we were able to tie him up and throw him into space for a minute, like just to get him out Catch of here. Catch a breather. Like Catch just a breather. To, yeah. Like and that's and it requ- and it re- truly requires every, almost every mutant available to get to to overcome who he is, or to even just slow him down. And it's not just because of his powers, but because of his size, which brings me to point of contention. Number one with apocalypse. We, we, okay. Can I preface this with number one? I love Oscar Isaac as an actor. Oh, amazing actor. He's He's awesome in force awakens. Oh, of course he is. So good. And if you've ever seen ex machina, who boy, great actor. Oh my great actor. So it's not about him being a great actor though. No, no. And he was also, and I'm going to give another uh, toss out and again, John Snyder promoting, uh, or John Lemmings promoting a Zack Snyder movie. Sucker <laughs> Punch, not the best in the world, but Oscar Isaac, great performance in that movie. Great. Yeah, he's a yeah. good actor. Mm-hmm. He's a great yeah. actor. Um, and in fact, Woefully I think he does. Miscast. 
he does miscast. He does the best he can with what was given to him. <laughs> with I think power Rangers makeup on. Yeah, absolutely. Because that the voice. Um, okay. I can't. All right. The height. Do it. All right. Let's go, the go, go, go. The stature of apocalypse apocalypse in his um, I'm chilling around form is 10 feet tall. Yeah, he's he's huge. Like 10. He's, huge. he's a giant. And so for him to just be like. When he's just talking to his minions and when he's talking to the four horsemen, when he's really like having these conversations with them, the dude is like 10 feet tall. He's a giant. He's enormous. He's, he's, he's a God. He is a a God. God. Yeah. Essentially he is a God. So when you have an actor that, that is cast as him, who is standard size, I think he's like five, eight or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, He's, you know, average height for, for a human male, American male. Um, he's walking around with a bunch of other actors who are of varying heights and of varying shoes. Gene Gray was taller. Gene Gray was taller than Apocalypse. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the girl who plays Aurora is, is, is taller than him. And I'm, and I'm just, Michael Fassbender is a tall guy. And so you have these characters that are around him that he's when he's just walking toward the camera, they tried to do the Tom Cruise trick where they like mm-hmm. put the, put the camera down and like you're facing up. So it doesn't look that bad. But the dude is it, when he's walking down the hallway of the mansion, that was one of the biggest moments of just, are you kidding me right now? When he's just simply walking down the hallway, they've got those giant boots on him to just give him a couple more inches but you can tell, still tell like how short he is represented in this movie. And the scene where he is, you know, in Xavier's brain and he's tossing him around in his house. I'm like, oh, so we finally hit the actual size of Apocalypse on a, on a regular day. Like, that's, that's the <laughs> that's actual, like, it, yeah. like yeah, oh, okay. No, so right, we finally, like, we, it's in a, in a, at that point, it's like we're up maximizing his power when it really should have just been, no, like, that's him, like, should be walking around outside. The dude, the character is not something to be trifled with. And I think, and that's what pissed me off about a couple of other points of contention was Quicksilver's um, takeover of Apocalypse. Um, His ability to knock him around like Apocalypse was, like Apocalypse was a ragdoll. Never. Like just an absolute ragdoll. Apocalypse would have caught him on the first. Just out of. You wouldn't. The only thing you would have seen is um, is Apocalypse talking, and then it would you would blink, and then he would be holding Peter. So you know, yeah, you you bring up a great point because Joanna, uh, she was in the living room with me when I was watching Apocalypse, but she trailed she trailed off. I can't I can't blame her. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I I wish I could have been her. My my wife refers that one to that one as the uh, is that the Egyptian one that like starts off with the pyramids. And yeah, I go, yeah. And she goes, that one stinks. It does <laughs> like, stink. So she, she wakes up, um, uh, about, um, maybe midpoint and, uh, she had not seen it and she's like, who's that? And I was like, so that's apocalypse. And she's like, well, what does he do? <clears throat> so I paused the movie and, you know, I, I, I gave, it gave her the, the kind of quick backstory. And I said, he is the, the world's most powerful mutant. I said, think of it this way. Every mutant ability he possesses, yep. or if he doesn't have it, he's going to take it from you. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to, to uh, unlike Rogue, 
who will absorb your power and she only keeps it for a short amount of time. Temporarily can use it. Yeah. And, and she can't control it. Right. Who also and, can't fly in this in this universe. Oh, don't even get me started on that. Don't even get me started on that. But but in. Are you OK, dude? Everything all right? Give me a second. OK. Okay, sorry. That's all right, man. Um, my wife just got home early, so I didn't. I obviously didn't expect her home right away, and so, like, I hear the beep, the door beep go off. Yeah, and I'm like, wait, that means someone's in my house. (laughs) Something is happening. That means something different. Okay, dude. I uh, completely. I think you were talking, but yeah. um, Uh, pick up. You're gonna have to do some editing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but. That's okay. Uh, okay. No, we, uh, the, uh, um, no, uh, yeah. So when I'm explaining to her, you know, who Apocalypse is, and I said, you know, essentially he's got the ability of, of every mutant. Right. Uh, and unlike Rogue, where Rogue, you know, absorbs uh, someone's power, is unable to control it, it, it controls her for a while, and then it just eventually gets out of her system. Uh, if he encounters a mutant that he maybe doesn't have their ability or it's not one of his stronger abilities, he's just like, oh, he doesn't take it away from them. He can just go, oh, hey, that's really cool. Yep. And he and he pulls it from them. So yep. they continue to have their power. He doesn't he does not take it away. He just simply goes, hey, that's really cool. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have some of that myself. Yeah. And so, yeah, this idea that that uh, the X-Men version of Quicksilver can just come running in and go Mortal Kombat on him is preposterous. You you don't sneak up on Apocalypse. You don't just, you know, come dashing in. I, yeah. What you said is exactly right. Every time, every time the X-Men or X-Force or the New Mutants or X-Factor or the Avengers, the Avengers have taken on Apocalypse before, every time it is a unified <laughs> endeavor. Yeah. And to bring this 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 uh, uh, individual down, yeah, and and it's 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 very much like you you can't really beat him the same way twice because he's that freaking good. And so and and I have to say, like at the end of the fight sequence, when you when you actually did have. Um, when you did, when you, we saw that though, we saw a lot of that. We saw where all the characters, you know, storm kind of, you know, she switched the sides cause she finally kind of gets Cyclops just understood, just, you know, uh, like burns his own eyes off trying to, yeah. trying to blast the, trying to blast the shield on, you know, open. Like you had a lot of things like actually going on that was at the end, like toward the end of that fight scene, there was like a, there's a, um, a sequence of events that I was like, cool. Like, all right, like I can, I can get behind kind of what's X-Men going on. X-Men, X-Men in action. X-Men in action. Like this was, this was our, you know, um, uh, Avengers moment where we panned across all the characters. Right. And, and we but got to see that. Nowhere near is cool. Of course not. But this is those moments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is that moment not of even, like, not people even close to being co- not, as cool. No, of course not. But these are those moments of, of the X-Men banding together and becoming that group that Xavier was talking about. 
of like, we yes. have to make a group and this is, we finally see it and we finally see them working as a team and it was a cool well, and team. That, that, well, and that was a cool visual too, because at that point, um, I think we can transition to the next character that I have a problem with in this movie is, you know, Magneto again has switched his allegiances uh. and, and so, okay. Um, you're, you're, you're totally right on apocalypse. We, we love Oscar Isaac is, is an actor. He's amazing. <laughs> Star Wars fan over here. Love Poe Dameron. Can't wait to see more yeah, Poe in, in, in episode eight. Love what he did in, in Force Awakens. Loved what he did in Sucker Punch and Ex Machina. Yeah. He's an amazing actor. Great actor. I love, I love watching this guy in action. And I, you're, you're 100% right. He, he did great with the, with, the, with the slop in which he was given. He just uh, miscast. He was he was miscast, and it's not just miscast. You got miswriting. You have miss makeup. You have again. Yeah, sometimes like, you look like a Power Rangers villain. You're just like you look stupid. It's <laughs> okay. just absurd. So Magneto, uh, I loved, loved, loved the the backstory of Magneto. Goes into hiding. Goes to Poland. Uh, back to uh, you know his roots. Uh, where you know he was taken as a young boy uh, to again no, course correction number two. I incorrectly said that Magneto was in Krakow. He was actually in Auschwitz. So oh, okay. uh, let me correct that. So not Krakow, Auschwitz. Uh, so you know he's he's uh, back in Poland. He's kind of quote unquote undercover. Has a family. Yeah, loved that aspect. Okay, loved great. It. And, it was a great scene. And, it was a great few yes, scenes of him tur- turning yes, from. Yes you know, turning that rage, turning, coming back. I mean, you know, he had his family, he had everything going for him. He's like, you know, I can make this work. I can make this life work. And he, and it's like, you could tell he was really trying to, yeah, just stay away from everything and just, and just, just live and just, well, he's a, well, he's a wanted man. (laughs) Number one. Right. So, um, and, and I loved how there's this now, uh, this, you know, worldwide APB for Eric Lyncher. Uh, so, you know, AKA Magneto, Love that aspect of it. I really did. I thought that was great. Uh, and and said it before. We're gonna say it again. Michael Fassbender, fantastic as Magneto, as is James McAvoy as Xavier. Mm-hmm. One of one of the best scenes of the first class timeline is yeah. just Days of Future Past, where McAvoy just is literally spitting like slobber <laughs> coming out of his yeah. mouth. You know, I don't want your future. You know, I mean, yeah. just. They're Fan- great actors. Fantastic. And in the chemistry that McKellen and Stewart have, Fassbender and McAvoy have. Yeah, totally it's totally echoed. There. Absolutely echoed. Fantastic. My, so I don't have a problem with that part of Magneto's storyline. The, the revenge uh, when his daughter gets killed, very touching moment, as he just sees everything that he has tried to build disappear. It's gone. And again, the humans have taken yep. something from me. Yep. You took yeah. my you took my mother. You did experiments on my mother. Yeah. You you were going with to me. kill her <laughs> with me. Uh you were going to kill her in front of me. I love the flashbacks that he has yeah. at Auschwitz, right? Yeah. And so um again, he's the humans have taken from me again after he saved a human in the factory. Yep. Right? Yeah. Okay, so we every X Men fan goes, "Yay! Great presentation to Magneto." He then becomes nothing but Apocalypse's lapdog, just a shell of a person. 
after that. And, and you're telling me, I was I wrote this down, um, it seems to be that Magneto's doing most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> right? Like, you want to talk about, like, who's got the most power here? Magneto doesn't have... Um, Mag- Magneto... Ma- I'm sorry, Apocalypse doesn't have Magneto's powers. And so Magneto is turning the world inside out. Like, through... Yep. He's pulling the core of the Earth in half. And in this, and, and like, and you're just going to be like, cool, like apocalypse, like you're just going to be, okay, yeah, I'm going to listen to apocalypse, but I can. Dude, that's a great way to put it, man. Magneto ends up being, you know, apocalypse's ditch digger. Like, but at the same time, like you've got this, who, if he decided to turn around at any moment, he could fight apocalypse in this form. Now I can't confuse this form with the comic book form, but he could fight apocalypse very well, given um, yeah, because Apocalypse his power. En- en- enhanced his ability. Right. Because Apocalypse ability. Pulled, mm-hmm. pulled more out of him, did not absorb that power. But, uh, yeah. well, well, as he did with all the, all, the, all the horsemen. Right, yeah. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Magneto ends up simply becoming Apocalypse's lapdog. And, and here's, here's what's stupid about the ending is uh, Xavier is the world's most gullible uh, idiot. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Magneto. And, okay. And, and can we just talk about here just real quick too, the, the X-Men movies fascination with just genocide. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, he almost started a, a nuclear war in first class, uh, you know, uh, almost ripped Washington DC apart in days of future past. Well, days of future almost, past starts with genocide. So yeah. like it, mutant genocide across the, across the playing field there. In the origins timeline, he, you know, uh, how many people does he kill in San Francisco moving the Golden Gate Bridge, right? Right, yeah. So, um, at the end of Apocalypse... Well, almost killing, in X2, almost killing all the humans versus all the mutants, like... Yeah, yeah. I mean, just genocide, okay? I mean, just this franchise is just genocide. Much more... I got a fever, and the only prescription is more genocide. I mean, it's just... And at the end of Apocalypse, Magneto just goes on his way with a chuckle and a slap on the back from Xavier. Yeah. Again. All right, old friend. All right. Chess on Friday night, old friend. I mean, (laughs) Xavier, again, portrayed as the world's most trusting fool at the end. Okay. He keeps trying to get, I think he tries to keep. The Magneto problem. He tries to keep, he continues to try to give Magneto his space. To work out what Magneto needs to work out. Magneto is a tiger who will not change his stripes. It, it, no, it, in, in, it's you know, not going to happen. Even in, in the comics, Magneto for a while, uh, you know, was the leader of the X Men. Took off the uh, helmet, let that gray hair flow. Yeah, right, very like, cool. You very know? cool moments. Um, and in Magneto, is Magneto a villain? Uh, if you were to simply go by the textbook uh, description of a villain, well, yeah, he is. Uh, though he's seen Sup- as a hero. Super complicated. He's a very complicated character. Okay, and so, um, and look, do you have anything else you want to add on Magneto? Talking about Magneto's presence in that movie just makes me sad because it's just uh, man, it's just what could have been, and it's and, what the and it's just again like when you muddle already given already given facts about these characters and who they who they are and who what's their makeup, and then you and then you send them into the apocalypse ring and things change and all of a sudden all of a sudden Magneto goes from. Uh, goes from wanting vengeance again, like going back to just being able to 
and, and the only thing that sways him is apocalypse. Like, well, I'll kill these people for you then. Well, and like and, in the factory, like that was the factory scene. And apparently that was the, that's all it took for Magneto to go. I am back to rage. I am back to like taking over. And then it, all it took was like, I can show you, like I can give you more powers here. I'll kill all these guys for you. And then Magneto, instead of being like, not nah, like every other time that is just true to Magneto. No, I'm, I'm on my own. Well, if like he it just is, joins up a, you know, a party as readers of the X-Men comic book, Magneto would never have been a horseman for apocalypse. Never. Yeah. No, Magneto's yeah, I in charge. I don't see it. He's not. No, Magneto is in charge. And he's just, he's so lazy. He's just so like, he, he would the never. Entire, yeah. He would, the ent- in, in, that, that character would never have been a horseman for apocalypse. It's like, in he's fact, asleep through the most of it, to be honest yeah, with you. Like and when in he, fact, in that final scene, when he's surrounded by that like wall of apparently impenetrable metal filings that the Quicksilver <laughs> can't like understand or work out like yeah. the, the way that he, um, the way that he looks throughout the scenes of when apocalypse like gives him the helmet to that, like the dude looks honestly bored to death. Like he hey, just well, Fastbender probably was bored at this like, point. He okay. probably was just bored to death. Like, yeah, he, he probably was. And I, I think it's, I think it's very safe to say, um, that it, it whatever the, the next X-Men or we're not, we're not talking about X-Men universe. Cause you know, we know we have Deadpool two coming. We've got Gambit, we've got Logan, uh, whatever collected yeah. X-Men movie there is, uh, let's leave Magneto out. I think I think we've we've seen enough Magneto on film that there are other things that we can. It's like having Lex Luthor in every Superman movie. Well, I mean, which, I, which by the way, ex- except for Man of Steel, Lex Luthor has been in every Superman movie. No. Superman one, two, three, and four. Superman Returns. Man of Steel. He's not. Dawn of Justice, he is. So, you know, um, I think yeah. it's time to let Magneto go. Well, I think you'd uh, have to fix that. it. You, cause you, well, that's the thing is, I think they continuously try to fix these characters. They try to, they try to, it's like they did something irreparable damage to them, like in the previous movie, that they have to bring them back just to try to fix it. And in doing that, they, they damage another character and then they got to bring that character back just to try to fix that one. So, speaking of uh, yet another damaged character, uh, Psylocke who has, I think, three lines in the movie. Uh, Olivia Munn does an amazing job of glaring. And <laughs> she, she, has, the, she has the, 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 yeah, the squint eye, just like... The bee face. Urgh. She's really good at giving you the bee face, right? I'm, uh, I'm mad at you. Holy smokes. What? Great job. Uh, okay, and, and, you know, the, uh, the sex appeal aside, Psylocke is a very cool character. And a character who started out as an enemy of the X-Men. Right. Uh, and, then, and then kind of became sort of a frenemy of the X-Men. You're right. To eventually like, uh, be, yeah. Just kind of like, I'm mercenary type. Like, I'm I'll help like you the out Punisher, when it, essentially. Yes, like, yes. I am, I'm in it for me. Like, Perfect. I'm I will help me. you out when it benefits me. Yeah, if I'm benefited, for sure. And then eventually uh, becomes a full-blown X-Man. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And uh, what a what a cool um, transition watching um, her kind of go from being aligned with Magneto to being against Magneto again to your your description of mercenary 
she's a very cool character and and uh she is portrayed very good in the animated series she is still a major player in the x-men comics to this day yeah uh image tried to replicate psylocke multiple times in in their books uh because she's a she's a great character she's uh I, i would say probably the only other character that is similar to her um and having again not just the sex appeal but just really kind of this man she's just really a complicated and cool character right, would, be yeah. dom- would be domino in the in the deadpool yeah, realm that's right, right? Yeah. and so uh to have Psylocke on film for the first time I was excited for uh, right. when you know finding out that Olivia Munn was cast I'm like perfect because Psylocke is of uh Asian uh Caucasian descent in the book as right. is Olivia Munn uh, in real life. And so, and you know, Olivia Munn is a very attractive Just fine. Girl. It was fine casting. Was Perfect nothing casting. Nothing about the casting was wrong. Perfect was casting. Fine. And, you know, she's, no one's going to confuse Olivia Munn's acting ability with Meryl Streep. Okay, nobody's going to do that. No. That being said, she's not a scrub. She can, she can carry a line. She's been in other movies and has done very well. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean... To literally have her giving about four or five lines and she kind of goes from being like Caliban's heavy to Apocalypse is like, ooh, you know, you look kind of good. Here's, you know, here's some extra abilities for you. Uh, You know, she bails on Apocalypse at the end. Is she going to be back? Well, it sets up. I mean, that sets up her character, too. I mean, she watches she watches Angel um, or Dark Angel. And by the way, she was never a horseman either ever yeah so she watches dark angel um hit you know uh, essentially die in the plane crash oh yeah Um, again just wasted bye we're done with you yeah just done with you uh, um die in the plane crash um she saves herself and then realizes that um one of two things this is no longer working in her favor uh for sure um, and secondly, Apocalypse is not who he says he was. And so, yeah, I think yeah. she she sees that she's been duped. She's been duped. She's like, you know what? I think it's just time for me to go. Not that I'm for beating him, but I'm definitely not with him anymore. Like, yeah. I'm not either way. Like, this is just not working for me. So I'm out. Um, yeah. The waste of a waste of angel. Um, uh, absolute absurdity there. Just I don't understand well, because they just they didn't care about him. They didn't care about him. They didn't care no, about him. And no, so it, it no, stinks. just more again, more characters, more cannon characters, fodder. more characters. Just, you're able to cannon fodder these characters was as fast as you're able to introduce them. Yet they still can't give me a Jubilee. <laughs> no, <laughs> like they, well, maybe Sinister, Jubi- maybe Sinister will give us some Jubilee action. I don't know. Well, you know, you got Jubilee uh, shopping vacation. All I ever wanted vacation. <laughs> got to get away. So okay, so with with Psylocke, (laughs) every roller coaster of this movie, (laughs) I know, right? With everything you saw from Psylocke in the movie, you saw in the trailer. So every cool scene she has, where she slices the car, which looks like a video, which looks like a video game, she slices the car. The only one that you don't see in the trailer is when she does bail off of the plane that's crashing. She uses her side blade to break her fall. Yeah, Uh, you know, yeah, she looked great. I mean, it was a great action scene. Psylocke is known for some amazing action scenes. They gave her the traditional Psylocke. I'm peeking over my shoulder pose. You know yeah. the you know very the similar poses to the, are a lot yeah. of yeah the, cool. the poses were were right there very similar. You know, like when Hugh Jackman will bow his arms and give you the the Wolverine pose. Um, time is getting short. Um, I, I I wanted to touch on Storm again. That character never a horseman. Or was she? I think Storm. I think Storm a was a horseman. Storm actually. was a horseman. You're right. Storm was a horseman. Um, 
didn't really have a problem with with her so much. I love the mohawk look. Um, that's, well, that was that's just my, old, that was his old fit. school. Like that's 80s. my favorite Storm look. So is the mohawk. cool. Yeah, such a that's cool my favorite like, Storm. Such yeah. a cool look for Storm. Always rock and roll. Um, that, that I, I I didn't really have a problem with her portrayal. I thought it, I thought um, hers was good. Yeah. Um, because it it ta- it takes a while for Aurora to find herself um, with the X Men after she you know, is, is no longer a horseman. And again, so another really, storyline that's just deep and complex yeah, and please yeah. read into storm storyline. It's so cool. Absolutely. She's, it's fantastic. I uh, didn't really have a problem with Aurora's presentation in the movie, um, right. which is going to take me to, and I think this may be a good character to um, dive into a little bit more is, is Jean gray. Uh, yeah. Sophie, Sophie Turner. I'm not getting I like, out of here I, without talking about Jean gray. So. Yeah. Uh, I like, I like Sophie Turner in the casting. I really do. I, a I'm a big I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, not Gears of Thrones. Not Gears of Game Thrones. Of, yeah, Game Gear of, of Thrones. Thrones. Gears of Thrones. Game of War. Yeah. <laughs> House Lannister. Uh, that's, my, that's my Marcus Phoenix voice. Dom, it's House Lannister. Science. Uh, Science. <laughs> Dom. <laughs> so, uh, great game. So, um, yeah, big Game of Thrones fan. Uh, Sophie Turner, um, if you watch Game of Thrones, holy how does she get to just like show how much of a BA she is in the last season of Game of Thrones? All right. I, I think she's I think she's number one, uh, an absolutely great actress. She's so good, so good as a member of uh, the Stark family in Game of Thrones. Cool. She's a she's a beautiful young lady. She looks like Jean Grey. She has the natural red hair. Um, when I found out that she was cast as Jean Grey, I was like, spot on. I don't have a problem with her portrayal of Jean Grey at all. What I have, a and, and I'm looking forward to seeing, hopefully, hopefully they keep her as Jean Grey. Um, I'm, I want to see, you know, more of what she can do with that character. Cause she's, I, I really like her as an actress. The problem is very similar to Oz, Oscar Isaac that we love as well too, is the material in which she was given was, you know, poor. Yeah. We, we want to, we're, we're told to feel sorry for this girl right away. Yep. We're told to, to understand that she's alienated right away. Right. She has nightmares right away. Uh, and, and all of a sudden we're going to give you the, the dark Phoenix at the end. And there's like, well, what? Well, just Phoenix, hopefully at the end. Oh yeah. Fe- yeah. Just, just Phoenix. the Phoenix. I'm sorry. Um, just the Phoenix. I'm sorry. Not the dark Phoenix, yeah. but yeah, we, we get the Phoenix at the end. We're like, oh, okay. Comic book nerds. We all get it. My wife, Joanna, she's like, I thought apocalypse couldn't be beat. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I said you're right. Yeah, and Phoenix, you're right. In, in, in the Phoenix, wouldn't beat Apocalypse. It would slow him down, but it wouldn't beat him. Like that's your most formidable opponent in that yeah. in that moment. Like Phoenix, yeah. and that's the thing, and that's that's what's so disappointing about um, the power of the Phoenix, um, and, and that's been represented on screen so far. Um, once just absolutely abysmal in um, <sighs> in X three, um, brother. Just right. Just because it. it Fomka yeah. Jansen with red contacts in her eyes. Like just the, uh, just the amount of uh, try hard that that movie had <laughs> just like, <laughs> I love it. You're trying hard. I got to give you that. You're well, trying just hard. so much try hard, but there was so much, it just fell short in every single way. And then this time when we finally see Phoenix again, I saw it. I mean, again, trying to hit the positive notes. Um, Xavier is not trying to put the mental blocks in the way he did before. No, no. Um, he's trying to figure out alternative ways to help her. 
Um, but he, it seems like that lesson was learned, um, essentially where he's like, I don't want, and I think, and I, you know, to be honest, here's okay. Timeline wise, I don't think he put the mental blocks in just yet. Anyway, I think he would have put the mental blocks in later on. Um, uh, fast forward a few years from this moment, mm. but I don't think, um, I think by telling her to, you know, unleash and don't hold back, um, was, was one of those moments of like, okay, now we know we can't have nuclear, her. nuclear option. Like, yeah, nuclear, like, that, that's all they had left. Yeah. That's all they had option. left. Um, yeah. watching that scene play out, I, you know, again, was just, uh, just sorely disappointed in how the representation of both, both apocalypse and Phoenix in that moment. Um, apocalypse again, being three foot six, um, <laughs> tied up into mud, like stuck yeah, in right, mud well, at that point. Yeah. Um, you know, stabbed through with, with the beams and, you know, of course like the X comes down from Magneto. When he's I, I had to say, I, I had a cool. fanboy, mo- I had that a fanboy cool. moment at that, you know, Magneto, you know, and, and here, here's what's cool, dude. And I'm glad you brought that up. I, I don't want you to lose this point. Cause I, I love where you're going. Yeah. Is, um, that scene reminded me so much of Magneto's last stand in days of future past. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So towards the end of the movie, right? The, the X-Men are going down. Yeah, and I gotta get Shills talking about this because McKellen's performance is so good. So good. He just goes floating out there, just right, yep. and he and he sees these Sentinels coming, and literally, Magneto's last stand, and so he sends beams flying at them. He takes down a couple Sentinels, then they send one back at him, and he gets hit in the gut, and he goes back and just piles on as much metal as he can into that doorway. Yeah, melts it just because he knows it's not going to stop him. Just slow him down. And if you catch it in that scene, there is an X in the metal there. Oh, wow. And he throws up. I, you know, yeah. I didn't see that at first. I, 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 have, to, I, I have to go back and I'm it. pretty sure there is. I'm pretty sure there is. Or the way he brings it, he kind of makes like an X motion. There's an, like, probably an X something. X motion happens. where he's just like, yeah. the X-Men are making their final stand. Yeah, man. And, and so that, that scene where he drops the X's in front of Apocalypse to me isn't cheesy because that's Magneto saying we are in, in Magneto, even though he's been an enemy of the X-Men, he is an X-Man. He is one. Yeah. He is an X-Man, yeah. right? And so that, that I, I just love that. It's like, we are the X-Men. Yeah. And we, you, you may beat us today, but we are going down as the X-Men. Yeah. I, I love that. I love that part. Cheesy, yes, but I love the X's there. I thought yeah. that was very cool. Well, I mean, that was the, and that's the scene that I praised earlier of, you know, when those X's, doom, doom, like those cross beams hit and it's X and it's like, that's when they start banding together. Um, that's when, um, you know, that's, you know, every, everything kind of happens in that moment. Super, super cool. Um, you know, when, and again, like my, my issue with the, the power representation of Apocalypse versus Phoenix, like, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be a movie and I'm trying to, and I was, I'm trying to give it as much like sugar as I can. And it's, you know, okay. Apocalypse dying at the end of this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world that could happen. It's a movie and you've got to defeat the villain and there's not really a great way to, unless you're reading a, and that's the difference between comics and movies is that comics can get away with a heck of a lot. Um, that, that movies can't, his consciousness could still exist. His consciousness can, yeah. It's like, there's something that can, you know, there's something that can happen. Anyhow, again, like just what I feel is the complete underrepresentation of the Phoenix on screen. Um, and it was better than X three. It was, it was better than that. It was better. It was, it was close to the feeling of the ending of X two. And I think, and at the, cause at the end of X2, you get the bird image underneath the water and you, and then, man, I remember watching that just getting chills 
just being like, Oh my gosh, like they're well, going to, they're going to talk about Phoenix and like being super yeah. excited and such great acting from Hugh Jackman and James Marsden there too. When oh. they both feel that sense of loss, you know, and she's and gone. Stop saying she's that. Gone. Like, and he's just yeah. awesome. 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 Well, in, in her sacrificing herself. So right. the, 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 uh, the, 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 the jet the, can get out because the, the, what do they call it? The black Hawk. Is that what it's called? The black Hawk. Is that the jet? X-Men fans can't remember the name of the jet. I know. Right. Um, anyway, yeah. so the jet goes to take off. She's stopping the floodgate, stopping the flood from actually and, and looks back one more time. Yep. And then, then takes it right. Um, that representation, like seeing the bird again was super cool. Cause I don't think I saw the bird at all in X3. Um, no, why would you? That's stupid, Ryan. <laughs> It's just called the Phoenix, but don't be dumb. Like a, like a dumb, dumb. I have I, expectations. I, I, I really liked, yeah, I, I like how the Phoenix was represented. Um, I liked again, Sophie Turner's amazing act acting ability. She's crying as the Phoenix comes out of her. Right, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's taking everything out of her. It was, it was a very powerful moment. I think again, it's, I, it's the relief though. Like there is a yeah, sense of relief. There she was able to she, let go. She constant, like that's the one thing that Jean Grey always does is hold Phoenix back. She's not, it's not like Phoenix, like she has to go get Phoenix and then bring her out. Phoenix is constantly trying to bust its way out of Jean Grey. Yes. yes. Jean Grey is, most of Jean Grey's struggle is just keeping Phoenix back. And so finally just being able to release, like there's got to be a relief there, but there's, I'm sure it's still painful um, in a physical way for her to, for her to, for her to do that. Um, And it's, you know, I'm sure there's mentally, mentally confusing moments of that just because it's almost two different entities inside of her. That's, that is living. Um, yes, but absolutely. Again, no, you're, you know. you're, 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 you're hundred percent correct right there, man. Totally. The, uh, but again, like the, and, and, that, the, and that's where I feel that Sophie Turner did a better job. She did a great job she did fine. of portraying. I mean, and, and you know, Famke Jansen, I mean, you know, she's the, the traditional Jean Grey, right? That's the, that's the first live action Jean Grey we were uh, yeah. exposed to. And she, she did a great job. Uh, I, I, when I look at the few nuggets that I can find in Apocalypse, I again, Sophie Turner's portrayal with what she was given. Yeah, I, and that's what I it's going to end up lining I felt up she, with. Yeah, I felt she like very similar to Oscar Isaac. What she was given, it was thin, and she was able to make it work with the thinness in which yeah. she was given. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, I, like I said, other than a little bit of disappointment in finally seeing the Phoenix, and then just being like, oh, oh, okay, all right, well. Maybe next time, maybe next time right. we'll see the immense power of, 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 of when she's letting go and we'll see like the actual power of the Phoenix, um, being represented on screen is, and I just, I don't know, like you, you just kind of keep holding out for hope on that, I guess. Okay. So, uh, time, time draws nigh. Yeah, we man. got, we, I think we got one more, we, we've hit on all the major characters. We act professor X, Logan, Magneto, Jean Grey, Nightcrawler, last but not least Raven. In in her portrayal. Uh, Don't really have much of an issue with it, though. I will say I felt like I was watching the Hunger Games part five uh, (laughs) with, uh, you know, Katniss Everdeen uh, rallying uh, the X-Men to defeat, uh, you know, the Capitol. Um, That that's essentially kind of what it felt like. And and I hey, I enjoy the Hunger Games. I've even read the books, dude. The books are actually pretty entertaining. Me and me and every other fifteen-year-old girl read the Hunger Games. <laughs> Let's go, ladies! There you go. Come on, girls! Let's read the Hunger Games. Uh, it's uh, it was a, it was a great series of books. Uh, easiest read in the world, dude. You can blow through those books literally <laughs> in like, like two days. 
<laughs> not a complicated storyline, is it? No, no, but it's really good. It's uh, and, 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 and I'm a fan of the movies. I, I, I think the movies are very cool. Yeah. I kind of like, I like dystopian, uh, future type yeah. of films. Um, I felt that, uh, number one, uh, I, I, I honestly believe Jennifer Lawrence has uh, wearied on her role as Mystique. I think we're done with Jennifer Lawrence and the X-Men There's franchise. nothing. What's I, left, though, honestly, and, though? And, and, like, you know, what's and I left? don't blame her. I don't blame her. She is an amazing actress. I, I'm a fan of just about anything she does. Uh, she is so talented, so good. She brought a whole new dimension to Raven that... Um, uh, Rebecca Ramon Stamos just could not do other than the sex appeal. Well, other than, um, I mean, but again, what she was given at the time, yeah. like she was, she was, but Lynch's I mean, come right on, hand man. In, in, she was Magneto's right of, hand, right hand. In terms of, but, in terms of acting though, come on, well, Jennifer Lawrence yeah. versus Rebecca no. Romaine Stamos. Okay. No, right? I'm not no arguing with that either. Okay. But, uh, but right. again, like there was, no, there's at that point in the relationship of Magneto and Mystique, there's really not much left other than those two just doing oh. stuff. Okay, I get you. I you get know what I mean? Like when you when you fast forward into X Men or X One, X Two, X Three, like or at least I mean at the beginning of X Three when he just like completely bails on her, I thought that was pretty. I mean yeah. that was pretty phenomenal, honestly. But yeah. um, like an X Two, well, when he tells her that he that that she used to be beautiful, I know, uh, heartbreaking. That's a heartbreaking line. So, so I mean, there's again moments in that movie that's just like so good yeah. and then so bad. Yeah, um, he used to be beautiful. Because Ugh. that that because Magneto and and I you know, that's what I like about the first class timeline is Magneto they, prefers yeah they still Raven in in her in her true form that's how he prefers her well yeah because it's her so I want to ask you a question dude um so it's it's very heavily implied in the origins timeline that uh, Raven and Eric are lovers right okay I don't think that's outrageous it, no, it, it's no. very heavily implied do you believe that they were in the first class timeline between first class and days of future past. I want to say yes. Between I think first class and days. Yes. Yeah. I, I, because, because remember she kind of, uh, you know, flirts with him a touch in, in first class, like shows up in his room and her, um, her complete, um, infatuation with Eric shows me that. And then her, and then his moments of easily dismissing her, Yes. Shows me a few of those things. And I think yeah. with, and I think, and to I, be I think that they like did. That, I, I think that they did between those two oh, films. Sure. I think there was, a, I think there was a romantic relationship. Oh, sure. There. I, I don't yeah. deny, I wouldn't deny that whatsoever, but I think with that being, you know, that being a part of it, um, she is constantly seeking, um, him and well, she wants the approval of both Xavier and Eric. Yeah. She, she, that, that, her, that character is portrayed in the uh, first class timeline much better. She's yeah. seeking the approval. And, and, and this is where it gets kind of, kind of odd. Um, I think she sees Eric as the father figure. Right. But yet also very much sexually attracted to Eric. Okay. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's Michael Fassbender. Who wouldn't be Ryan? <laughs> uh, but which it, psychologically but it, makes sense for yes. a massive group of people. So, uh huh. Yeah. And there is the brotherly connection. That's exactly right. To, yeah. to Charles. Yeah. But yet also a sexual connection to Charles because she gets very jealous in first class when he flirts with other girls. Oh, with right? Myra. Like when he finds. Yeah. With yeah. Myra. Because she's like, I'm right here. I'm right here, you yeah. know, and, and that's where she gets confused. It's like, is he, 
does he does he think I'm pretty in my alternate form or in my blue form? Yeah. And so, which so is many, a weird all, thing for that character anyway, because it's almost yeah. like it's so much separation between that and the like how honestly BA she's been in a lot of these movies where she has been kicking tail um, and and doing you know and a lot of that and then she's and then they they rely back onto the 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 trope of her like fighting for someone's love, which it barely makes any sense, but that's a whole other, well, it, that's it, a whole it, other yeah, topic, it, I guess it, it, at this point. Yeah. Right. We did a whole show dedicated to the psyche of, uh, mystique tropes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, 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 I like the aspect of her character being, uh, the role model for mutants across the world. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. It, it's bringing a, a different spin on the mystique character. She rarely has ever portrayed that way in the comics. Yeah. Um, in fact, and sometimes in the comics, she's just merely, you know, um, at times just, you know, kind of background noise, but yeah. she also has a very interesting history comic book wise, very interesting history with rogue with nightcrawler. Yeah. Uh, with Logan, um, there was some sexual attraction there with uh, her and Logan as well too, um, and she knew it. And 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 Mystique wasn't just you know the master of of hand to hand combat, which she is in the books. She's also very and she has no mental abilities, right? She's, no, she doesn't. But she's very good at manipulation and mind games. Yeah, uh, very very good at that. And so uh, I I really again have very little to complain about. Um, you know, Mystique in this movie. Um, again, at times it kind of felt like a Hunger Games repeat where she's rallying the troops and giving you know grandiose speeches and no, I don't want to be the hero. Right. Just like, yeah. just like Katniss didn't want to be the hero and then she <laughs> yeah. becomes the, re- right? All we needed was the, uh, the bow and arrow, bow and arrow and the, <laughs> the, the one, po- yeah, the one ponytail and we're good to go. Um, again, I, I think Jennifer Lawrence, great actress. I think she definitely is going to be moving on to other things. I'm sure she has probably done. I don't think there's She's a, been an a, action movie star for a couple of series now. Four Hunger Games movies, three X-Men movies. Uh, she's won Oscar awards for dramatic turns. She's been in, you know, Silver Linings Playbook, which is fantastic. American Hustle, which is fantastic. Joy, which is fantastic. I, I, I just see her. She's got not, I don't think she views the X-Men movies as beneath her, by any means, I think she's just like I've. I've, I've been what else there, can we? That. What else can we do with that character at this point right? that yeah. hasn't been said or done already? So totally. And I think along with Magneto, it, it's time to let Raven. You know, goodbye for now. Yeah. And um, maybe you know somewhere down the line, um, she she shows up again. Maybe you know different different actress playing her. Maybe. Uh, who knows? Yeah. But um, so, dude. I feel like I could just keep going. On yeah, this me too. Movie. I know. We, we, I mean, we're just. I mean, again, like we said at the beginning of this, though. Like, Reasonableness. Gonna... You're the most patient people in the world. You're going to get a <laughs> really two-hour bonanza this time. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, as much as we want to keep beating this dead horse, a uh, 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 dead horseman, I guess we should say. Um, so at the at the end of the day, dude. At the end of the day, uh, if you were to score this movie one to ten. Obviously, ten being the best. Where, what kind of what kind of score would you give this movie? Before I give a score, and I, and I know okay. I know that's that's out of character for you and I. We don't normally do that, no. but I feel it's a, I feel it's applicable for this. How, how would you score this? Before I give the score, there's one last moment I'd like to talk. Oh, okay, about. Okay, yeah, please. No, please, it's not a big moment. It's not anything crazy, but I think it's applicable to this. Um, in the uh, in there's a there's when they walk out of the movie theater 
and they start talking about Star Wars and they start talking about <laughs> yes. Empire and they start talking yes. about and Jean Grey says the line, well, we all know the third one's the worst. Anyway, right. the third one's always right, the worst. Jean. Here's the the kicker. The, 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 the thing on that is that I actually don't think that Brian Singer was talking about this movie. Oh, no, he was talking about X-Men 3. He was talking about X-Men 3. Um, no, he was completely talking about X3. Dude. He wasn't trying to be cute on his own movie, just saying that, that yeah, it's not going to be as good as Days, but it's, it's still a relevant timeline piece. It's still relevant. I, on, yeah, I, think he, I don't think he was taking a self-deprecating jab at himself. I think that was a complete he shot at Brian Singer um, for, for X3. Not, not Brian Singer. It was uh, Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner. Was the, sorry. Brett Ratner, but yeah. Brian Singer was not, was not taking a shot well, of himself, but he was definitely <laughs> taking a shot at Brett Ratner. Okay, so let, let's fire off. Let's how fire some, ironic yeah, is right? that statement? Let's fire a couple cannon shots at Brian Singer before we wrap, before we before we score this. Okay, <laughs> a couple just like big old just boom, boom cannon shots. Okay, Brett Ratner. Now I'm not a big Brett Ratner fan. Okay, I mean this. You talk about making you know meat headed movies. There's Michael Bay and there's Brett Ratner. Okay, yeah. So. Uh, Brian Singer, we all know the story. He was on board for X3. All of a sudden, Warner Brothers offers him a, a King Tut's ransom uh, to come do Superman Returns. He bails on Fox, leaves, takes right. James Mardson with him uh, to go do Superman Returns, which isn't a terrible movie, but it's also not a great movie. No, it's, it's a, not a good movie. It's a scoop of vanilla. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. of the same. It exists. Uh, so <laughs> it's something that know, on this planet we have. Uh, yeah, we have. It is. A, it is a movie. <laughs> it is a movie. <laughs> right. That, that should have been the it's, review of Superman Returns. It is a movie. It is a movie. <laughs> there we go. We leave. Okay. So um, print it. So he leaves. Okay. And now Fox is like, oh, holy smoly smolies. What are we going to do? Well, who was the hot director at the time? You know, had done Rush Hour. Had done Red Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, which believe it or not, Red Dragon, you know, pretty decent prequel to Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah, not bad. He, he had, he, yeah, he had done those. I think it was good, despite Brett Ratner being the director. But uh, it so they bring in Brett Ratner and just get this movie out, right? Because they wanted it out before Superman Returns. They yep. wanted it to be the big blockbuster. They wanted to push it in Brian Singer's face. Okay, so now Brian Singer won, and I agree totally, dude. He is not self-deprecating. He's too much of a of a uh, you know a beep to uh self-deprecate himself yeah okay he's definitely referencing x3 but you know why x3 was a mess brian singer is because you left it a mess yeah you that wasn't that wasn't tied in a bow and then just given over to someone who screwed it up nope nope you you bailed like pre-production oh later later dudes Hey, you know the the final movie in this trilogy that will that will set in stone a a fantastic series of movies that can that will be looked at for days to oh, oh Superman okay oh Superman Returns a a a retrospective on Superman psyche I'll direct that oh the third movie in the Superman technically the third movie <laughs> in the Superman series yeah. That dude, that should be another one for some time is breaking down Superman Returns. But yeah, so he, uh, yeah, Brian Singer, you know, thankfully he is done directing X-Men movies. He's officially out. I'm sure he'll still probably get producer credits and we'll, we'll catch his, a whiff of his. So he's not going to do the films. Sinister movie? Nope. Oh, okay, nope. cool. He's done. Good. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, good. I think it's very telling that, um, other than Days of Future Past, okay, 
love that movie. I, yeah. I will I will pimp that one for forever. Because <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Um, so little to pick apart except for what we've already beat to death, the yeah. ending. Um, First Class is probably my my second favorite Great movie. X-Men movie. With X2 uh, and then uh, the Wolverine, you know, kind of kind of rounding that out. Um, because First Class, not a Brian Singer movie, and it just, it felt so fresh and it felt so different. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, um, great, great call out, too, yeah. by the way, dude. Yeah. Um, so, how would you score this, uh, uh, this pile? I know. <laughs> three? Reasonableness, we're not going to be scoring movies on a, on a regular <laughs> basis. That is not our MO. I think most people have realized by this point, we are, we are fairly gracious when it comes to our comic book movies. I don't, but how would you score, how would you score this one? I gave it so many chances. Um, and I, and I, like I said, I made stuff work. That's not put out there in the films. And I said, and I, and <laughs> I coming up with things, I came to up make with it things to exist. make it work. So <laughs> that's that being said, okay. So give me a break. Um, but I still give it like a three or four. Like it's just, yeah, that's where I'm three at. or four. I, I give it, I, I, I give it, uh, my, my heart says I want to give it a three or excuse me. My mind says I want to give it a three. My heart says I want to give it a four because, um, the, the few standouts, again, I want to hit on Sophie Turner, fantastic. Uh, uh, Os- Oscar Isaac with what they were given, fantastic in their portrayal. James McAvoy, always great. I love watching yep. that guy. Um, Michael Fassbender. It, Michael good. Fassbender, of course. Love the backstory with Magneto. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed the action scenes with Psylocke. I thought they were very reminiscent of what you see in the books. I bemoan the fact that they couldn't flesh her out better because she's a great character. She's not just eye candy she's a great character yeah. uh dark angel hands you know just handled so poorly nightcrawler handled so poorly uh that just it, it keeps me from even giving you a five it's a it's a four yeah and, it, and it's a gracious four because you're x-men and i love x-men yeah and, but really you should be somewhere around two or three <laughs> yeah and i you know and and you know, hopefully as this next movie comes out, Logan, I'm still excited for, um, oh, man, I can't, be. I know you're I just, can't I know you're just riding the, you know, you're taking the, the cautious optimist. That's the way I oh, was waiting. I'm not the cautious Superman. optimist. I am the full blown pessimist. I mean, I am just, I'm, no, uh, I know. not even, not even Johnny cash saved me in that trailer. Not even Johnny Cash. And if you listen to our sister show, which by the way, we'll finally have a new show next week. <laughs> Good. <laughs> On Shut Up Dog Productions, Saucy Riffs and Tasty Licks taking a little bit of a hiatus. New show coming this on Monday. I'm excited for that. Um, we talked about Johnny Cash on our last show oh, nice. and how much we and how much we love uh, his cover of Hurt, uh, which is used in the trailer for Logan. Yeah. And sorry, didn't didn't save it for me. I just boy, I am sour, sour, sour. I know. I hope. I hope. Um you know, I hope you get better. Um, but I am, I am, <laughs> you know what? Me too, right? Cause think, I want to love it. I really, really, my heart, I want to love it. I'm yeah. sitting here looking at still shots of on Google images of apocalypse and, and just like yeah. looking at this and just saying, man, it just, there could have been so much potential. It's a, this movie, I think with Logan, it's going to be a finisher, you know, obviously um, Hugh Jackman's not playing oh, yeah, him he's anymore. Done. He's done yeah, with them. Um, they've unless, confirmed unless, more old man Logan than anything else. They've yeah, confirmed that. There's still style. that rumored. There's still that rumored cameo in Deadpool too, though, that you may see a Wolverine in Deadpool too. That's that possible. Keeps popping okay. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see that. I, I think would, it'd be funny. Just once it just, it doesn't even have to be or two it'd be minutes Hugh long. Jackman. It actually might be just Hugh Jackman. It may not even be Wolverine. Yeah. 
That would be awesome. Or Logan. Um, but yeah. I think with, like I said, it's, it's a, um, I'm, I, I feel, you know, with X 23 being confirmed, um, mm-hmm. as that girl, um, you've got who eventually this, be, who eventually becomes Wolverine. Right. She's the new yeah. Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, the scars, I loved all the pictures with the scars in between his knuckles, um, that are just not healing anymore. Uh, the battle wounds that he is starting to starting to have now that he's pushing what, almost what? 300. <laughs> yeah. Point. And well, and, that, and that's you know, the thing too, 200 is that, years old or something. Some yeah. At this point. Is that Logan, Logan is not immortal. No, no, I mean, no. There, he's just he, been he, able he, to live a long time. Yeah. in in his abilities, uh, as through the ravages of time, you know, yeah, he's not going to heal like he did. He's going to slow down. He's going to get tired Yeah, and eventually he will die. I mean, Wolverine is not immortal. Nope. He's not. Um, and I think this, uh, you know, as many, um, and I, th- and I think with apocalypse souring, um, you know, being so sour and, uh, you know, and, and the Wolverine that was, <laughs> yes, man, it did his, it is so sour. Well, man. I mean, apocalypse sours, the sours, it the universe. Does, it doesn't. And that's the sad really thing about does. it is that these movies, they're, they're not completely independent of each other. So when one of these like collections does like so bad, it's hard to just jump right back on board and just go, okay, well, because the it, new, the new Logan is not being done by the same director. It's still in the same universe, but we're getting this other thing. So it's hard to jump on board and just go, walk out of walk out of uh, an X-Men movie and just go, okay, I'm excited for the next one. It's hard to do that. And they've got their work cut out for them. Recasting the, again, like the Caliban decision of recasting Ugh. doesn't make much sense. Now I, I like Steven merchant. He's a fantastic actor. Um, he's, he's great in everything that he's done. Um, honestly, but, um, I just, I don't get it. Why does he need to be recast? I don't understand. They, 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 yeah, they couldn't, that B list actor that was in apocalypse was just asking for too much money. I no, mean, I can't I, imagine. And the, the thing that's about the actor in apocalypse is actually, uh, I think it's called Alpicia. Um, mm-hmm. but he actually has it. Um, that actor actually has that and which essentially it makes you hairless, um, yes. and the actor, like I said, oh, he that was wasn't so makeup. That wasn't makeup. That was no. him. And, and so he was so good to recast does not know you the, to recast yeah. someone like that. Doesn't, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm baffled at like the decision recast and then yeah, recast and then pile on a bunch of makeup and CGI. Right. And cause that's what we're going to see. Um, yeah. well, hopefully not as much CGI as the first page of the script has hopefully stayed true. We'll stay true too. But again, or and I think mu- that's the deal. as much CGI as what Apocalypse had, dude. Seriously, it felt like I was playing a video game. Oh, just times. the beginning. Just the, just the CGI fan fest at the beginning. Oh, the brother. And I think that's why it's so hard. I understand why it's hard for you to be excited about the next Wolverine movie because of this. Um, I have to, t- I'm on the other side of that coin. I am excited for it in spite of this. Um, be, (laughs) you know, just thinking I'm, you know, and and that's the thing I'd rather go into this movie, um, excited than, than go into this movie going, okay, prove me. And because it's going to be the last way, the last one where we see, um, the Wolverine fleshed out in the Wolverine character. And I've got to, as I didn't enjoy the Wolverine as much as you did. So I'm really hoping that Logan gives me what I've been looking for in Wolverine. Well, Ryan, uh, I hope it does too. (laughs) I really no yeah. seriously oh, yeah. I I know I, I hope it no no I'm not being a I'm not being a smart mouth I know, here. Uh, I, know. I, I uh, well Ryan I hope it does for you too we're done <laughs> no I, I I sincerely do I I know that you you know um that's one of the cool things about our our uh, friendship is that um 
you know, we have this affinity and love for this, you know, comic book world. Yeah. And uh, there are movies that you will make excuses for for forever and a day. And I'll just be like, no, you couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> and uh, and and vice versa, yeah. where I will make excuses. And you're like, no, John, nope, you're <laughs> taking a turd and you just keep shining it and you're shining it. And it's a, and it, and it, it's a turd. Old and, English does not like, shine that turd. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm like, oh, more lacquer, Ryan. And you will like it after I put more lacquer on it. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I hope it does because, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the Wolverine extended cut. Let me add that extended cut, yeah, not yeah, theatrical yeah. cut, extended cut. Uh, so there we go, man. There, there's X-Men Apocalypse. I, hopefully, you know what? Here's, here's the thing, guys. Very similar to Rex Diamond, our, our third partner in crime here at Shut Up Dog. Um, this is just Ryan and I's opinion. Okay. Mm -hmm. If, if you, uh, loved X-Men apocalypse, reasonableists continue to be reasonable. Love it. Okay. It's not Ryan and I saying hate this movie because we, we, we don't. Okay. That's not what we're saying guys. Not what we're saying. If you're a fan of X-Men apocalypse, by all means, embrace that movie and love it. And, and, uh, we will celebrate with you and tell us, tell it us is, why too. like, let us tell like, us why get, get our Twitter feed Twitter, and tell us email, why. whatever. Yeah. And seriously, we will throw our nerd arms around you and just say, we love you brothers and sisters. If you love apocalypse, man, we love you. Uh, it, it's just our opinion. And in it, that opinion doesn't come from just good old fashioned internet hating. Nope. That's stupid. I think you guys know us by now. Uh, we have very little patience for that kind of mess. We we have such an issue with it because we deeply, deeply love these characters. Yeah. All of these X-Men characters, whether it's Nightcrawler, Psylocke, Magneto, yeah. Rogue. We love these characters. We love to read about them. We've invested time. I've invested time in them since I was 15 years old. So right. um, that that's why we feel the way we do. Exactly right. I, I can't say it any better. So I think that's a fantastic way to wrap this show up. Let's do this, man. That was fun. <laughs> that was really that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Well, well, we'll be back with a little bit more levity next week. Yeah, maybe so, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> when we've beaten a movie to death. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but seriously, guys, let us know on our Twitter feed if if you loved Apocalypse. Let us know why, man. Yeah, give us give no us your flame, yeah, give us yours. No flame wars. No flame wars. Don't don't come at us with torches and pitchforks. The people We're, we don't yeah we don't, don't <laughs> respond well to that. You're not going to get a response back if you do that. What I can tell you is that the people that I've able been able to have some. Um, conversations with on Twitter um, have been always been, it seems to me always been from a positive place and just a place to have a conversation. So um, thank you um, for those uh, and uh, for those who have reached out and just kind of just chatted me up a little bit about their thoughts on, you know, kind of what's going on. And, and, and uh, I I love having those conversations with you. So I've never, never enough time in the day, but I'd love to be able to chat with, uh, with y'all about that kind of stuff. It's always, it's a, you know, even though we do this podcast for a couple hours every week, it's still something I think about, you know, for the rest of the week. So it's not like it ends here. Sure. And chances are probably when you're engaging someone on Twitter, it, it's more than likely probably Ryan. Uh, I, I hit the yeah. Twitter feed not nearly as much as Ryan does. He does have to remind me from time to time. He's like, dude, we got a Twitter feed. And I'm like, oh, we do? Oh, you're right. We do. Um, so uh, it's mainly you, me. You do, it, it, yeah. You're yeah. mostly engaging with Ryan. Um, when you when you do get something from me, I may just kind of throw my name on there. It's like, hey, this is John. Remember me? I show up here every once in a while as well, too. But uh, yeah. 
totally fine. But if you are engaging, yeah, you're talking with uh, my good friend Ryan more than likely than you are me because I just don't want to talk to you. I'm I, I'm kidding. I know that's not true. That's not true. Oh my goodness. Well, um, thank you again for listening. And if you if you're wondering what the Twitter handle is, it's at rfbpc reasonable fanboys podcast and then you can still email the old-fashioned way at reasonable fanboys at gmail.com um if you follow if us you on really the twitter to. but yeah follow us up we'll, follow uh, us on the twitter we we follow a lot of really cool uh sites as well too obviously you know all the you know marvel dc valiant image dark horse we follow so you can catch a lot of their mm-hmm. news on our twitter feed as well too but we also give shout outs to our local comic shops and there's even another, stuff, uh, yeah. I think there's another comic, like another kind of comic booky podcast that's, mm-hmm. uh, that we talked to as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, man. but yeah, there's just, yay, place to chat. So, um, but Hey, this has been reasonable fanboys. My name is Ryan. I am John. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.